Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, this show is live. We're at Joe's Grill. We're in Castleton today. Thank you very much for joining us. If you're Got time and the inclination. This is a spot to be in. I will tell you this. We normally do our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots hardcore at 4 o'clock every single Thursday. But this week, we're going to move it up a little bit. So coming up here nearly at the bottom of the hour, week 10, we'll dive into in what has been an incredible week around here, to say the least. We'll do that with you. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, Brent Halverson and Ryan Nally will be here as well. So a lot to talk about as far as what might be what could be coming up on Sunday with this new Colts head coaching situation with the new play caller and I don't know how much new you're going to get as far as a a sense in change of production but at the very least the changes that have been made will give you a level of interest that was not previously there not by any stretch of the imagination so we'll dive into all that I got the Pacers from last night as well I I know that a lot of you and and I'm wrong about this um, and not Miles I'm wrong about this I am wrong to sit home and find it really hard when I'm watching the Pacers to hope that they lose. I know the situation. You want to get the young players time. You want to get them in different situations. You want to get them up against a good team like they were last night with the Denver Nuggets, with a two-time NBA MVP. And you want to see them play well. I just I can't detach myself away from the disappointment that was the end result of that game. Does that make sense? I can't come on here and say, hey, across the board, there was so much good, but then as an end result, what happened, that's still good when you lose. I can't do that. And I know a lot of people can. I just can't. I know ultimately it's for the betterment of this franchise, positionally speaking, in the draft. But I want to see these young guys persevere. I want to see them play well, and then I want to see them win the game. I don't mind seeing them win the game. When people tweeted me saying, well, you know what? The Pacers can't even do a tank right. Look, they're not, you know, I, I, 
I want to see these guys play well. I don't mind if they're going to be ahead of schedule. I don't mind at all. Not in the least. I know, though. I know that it's wrong. I know that the way that you look at it, you have to have this team. You want to get them reloaded. But listen, if they're entertaining to watch and they also win games, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'll sit here and tell you, last night I was bummed. Last night I was bummed they had an 18-point third quarter lead. And Jokic went out with five fouls. And then the Nuggets got that lead back by the fourth quarter. I was bummed by that. I wanted to see them close it out just as much as I like watching Benedict Matherin play as a rookie. And I think he shows us a little something more. And it's not even so much his volume of scoring as a rookie that has impressed me. It's been those moments where he hasn't played well. And he hasn't played well maybe for an extended period of time. Yet he still ends up finding himself and being able, being able to have moments. You know, not dwelling on the negative, but jumping into the positive. That's the part that I like. Everybody else, and there's no doubt you like his shooting. You like the way he goes to the basket. You like it because he, what are they, he's got the, the swagger, the confidence. He's got all of that. I love the fact that when he gets into a funk, that as a rookie, he is able to work himself out of that. I think about what may be in the future in that backcourt. Tyrese Halliburton is fun as heck to watch. And honestly, two dudes that you thought should and probably right now absolutely have to be on the trading block in Buddy Hield and Miles Turner, you're starting to see these guys play better and play better consistently with this group. It is, it is fun to watch. It's just tough for me to separate it, not being bummed at the end of a game when you end up losing a game that you should have won. They put themselves in a great position against a good team. Denver is going to be a major challenger in the Western Conference. I loved watching that last night, but I can't lie to you. I was incredibly bummed when they were unable to completely shut the door. That is how I felt. And I probably will struggle to have a differing opinion than that. I just can't get on the next day and say, hey, you know, it was the perfect scenario. They played well. Uh, they got up by 18 and then gagged up that lead and then lost. Hey, I, don't, I just can't look at it that way. And I guess if I'm going to be wrong about it, if that takes away a percentage for a ping pong ball or whatever, then so be it. Because I like watching these young guys. They excite me by the way that they play. But it also excites me when the way that they play is seemingly well ahead of schedule. I like that part. I don't want to be sitting around here for three years going, oh, man, think these guys are going to be good sometime. I want this thing to be ahead of schedule. Never know how much time you have. You want to see these guys, if you can take advantage of it, take advantage of it and do that right now. So I was. I was bummed last night. I wasn't like everybody else saying, you know, that was a really good loss. Um, I love the way that they played most of the game. And part of being a better team is trying to find yourself in those moments where you struggle scoring the basketball. Those moments where those buckets aren't coming easy. And you have seen them struggle in that capacity a couple of different times. But you saw that last night, them do that against a good team. But they are fun to watch. And I mean, everybody. 
And you guys can say what you want about trading Heald and trading Turner, but it is fun to watch these guys accept what is around them and raise their level of play. I'll be honest with you regarding 33, and I know we go back and forth about Miles all the time. I didn't think that there was going to be a moment where he was going to chest up an NBA big of that caliber like Jokic last night, where he was going to chest him up and D him up in that capacity. Yeah, and I know the, the, the defending NBA MVP had himself a fourth quarter, but, man, I thought, I thought defensively, even more so than coming over and challenging shots or blocking shots, that was a post-defense against a premier big, really a premier player of the NBA that I didn't even think you were ever going to see. Not at any level. So I was impressed with that. I was impressed how these guys work together, play together. I love watching Andrew Nimhart come off the bench and get major minutes down the stretch. There is no doubt that this team is fun as hell to watch. On the other hand, I don't mind if they close games and get a win, and I guess so be it. If you guys don't like it, you younger dudes all say, well, that's just the ping pong ball percentages. Yeah, I don't really give a damn. I like a team playing well and consistently playing well. And part of consistently playing well is being able to close a game. And hopefully they are able to learn that even more so. But now nah, that was a fun as hell game to watch last night without question. Joe's Grill in Castleton today. We're looking for you up here. Love to have you. Have a Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul tequila shots coming your way again. We're going to move that up normally in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll move that up to around 3.30 today to get Brent Halverson and Nally in here. You get that Thursday nighter, and I don't know how many people are really excited about watching this. you got Carolina. you got Atlanta coming up later on tonight. And obviously, our eyes are on what is going to take place in Las Vegas. I, I'm, I'm curious about the rest of the NFL. I know that they're not as interested as we are in what we're going to see. But I am curious, on the other hand, exactly outside of the indie market, what the – opinions are going to be during that game on Sunday regarding Jeff Saturday. That does, it amps it up a great deal. And that's how you amp up a situation last week where the team offensively being the Colts were just so dreadful. All right, Joe's Grill, we're in Castleton, Larcity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, week number 10. Let's welcome in Brent Halverson. John, how are you? I'm Happy great. Thursday. How are you doing? I'm great. Man. Did we week all 10. do well last week? You know, last week, uh, let's see here. I went seven, four, and two. We had two pushes last week. You went six, five, and two. Mr. Sleater came out pretty hot at eight, three, and two. So hats off to him on that. But uh, yeah, crazy week. Little stat last week, John. Take a guess. There were seven, excuse me, there were eight yeah. home dogs last week. What do you think they went as they're against the spread record? Um, eight home dogs. Were they all good? They were all good. Oh, that's what I wondered. Yeah, not all good. I mean, they were oh, six one and one. Six one and one. So Pretty home close. dogs and 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 several winning outright. I mean, look at the Jets, right? Like wow. <laughs> I mean, just a crazy week in the NFL. So who knows, right? Who knows? Six one and one against the spread were the home dogs last week. And we got a couple out there, and one starts tonight too. Carolina's a home dog. So you know, this has been a wild year in the NFL. Uh, you're sitting at forty nine percent on the year, so just shy of your. Algebra record, or your algebra grade, right? You're 49% on the year on picks. 
um, at 52. And uh, we're going to have Mr. Nally in here. I think he's hovering around 50% as well. So pretty wild uh, season as far as the uh, betting goes. So we're going to have some uh, fun, fun games to talk about. Yeah, no doubt about that. That's Brent Halverson right there. What uh, piques your interest as far as some of these games we're talking about? Man, I'll tell you, uh, as far as, like, overall games of interest, probably Minnesota-Buffalo. It's got to be the big one, right? Because we don't know Josh Allen. He's got that elbow. How is he going to be? And then you've got the uh, 7-1 and Vikings. So the 7-1 and Vikings against the 6-2 and Buffalo Bills, probably the game of the week there. And that's going to be a 1 o'clock start. So that's probably the biggest one. There's a lot of other just kind of randomly okay teams. I mean, you know, nothing big on as far as the record front goes, but uh, – that would be the one for me that I really, really have a lot of interest in watching. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, my damn Packers, John. What about them? Oh, God, they're ugly. They are ugly. Dallas goes into Green Bay. Mr. Jeff Deckard is over there. And uh, I've got a little side action on with him we do every year. But, uh, yeah, Tony Romo. Tony Romo. <laughs> um, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, fun little stuff going on there. Green Bay is just in turmoil. Dallas looks good. Um, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. There, again, there's not a lot of uh, super sexy games out there, but uh, that Minnesota Buffalo has got to be the tops. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So it's funny because you get some, it, it really, the, the super sexy games have been few and far between this year. And I just think it, it's in terms of the season, the, the teams just haven't been. That's why there are so many teams where you can picture winning it. Because there's just not a high level of greatness whatsoever. Look at Buffalo last week, for example, with right. the Jets. Yeah. I mean, that's the team everybody believes is going to be hardcore for the Super Bowl. And they couldn't get out of the Jets' way. They could not. Not at all. And that was, uh, you know, some teams play down to their opponents, too. You know, and you see that happen quite a bit. But uh, that was just, uh, God, it was just un- ugly. I mean, it really was, is watching the game. So, um you know, and myself, I was watching it, and then all of a sudden I do a little live betting here and there, and I saw a very favorable line come out for Buffalo just to win the game. They were down three. Oh, I'll take that, and they lose the game. Oh, it was rough. It yeah, was rough. It was. Uh, it's uh, Brent Halverson right there, our Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots, week number 10 of the NFL season. So let me say, before we get into it, because we don't give a lot of uh, analysis once we get to the individual games, but what has transpired this week in the land of Colts. How do you see that moving forward to Vegas coming up on Sunday? Well, the circus is in town, John. I mean, it's, it's, it's way out of left field, right? Like, and in, 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 in this can go two ways. So it can be a complete dumpster fire. Like I think it probably will be just because of the inexperience of play callers out there. Right? Like I watched that, uh, Jeff Saturday, uh, press conference. I think it was yesterday. And, uh, just hearing him talk about, I mean, I like the guy. I like him a lot. I, I, I hope it works out. I hope he's going to come in from a, uh, from our mindsets, right? Like come in there and just do things like you should be doing things. They got some talent, just haven't been using it. Just going to be scary. But, you know, again, that Raiders team, they've been a dumpster fire. They're sitting at two and six. Colts are three, five, and one and in second place, you know, so there's still a chance there. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out all said and done. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, stuff that hasn't been happening happen, which is cool. It's just how can they transfer it on the field? So, I don't know. Uh, again, big Jeff Saturday fan. And uh, I think it's kind of neat <laughs> that he's doing it. But again, not the, uh, I think for everybody, everybody knows it's the last choice you would have thought. Well, you hit all the right notes when you, when you make that opening press conference. And, and then, you know, now you're, you're going to have to show that in, it's going to be hard to do. But you're going to have to show everybody's going to gauge how this team looks. I mean, everybody's going to say the right thing leading up to this game. And then 
Will they look different? Will the offense look any different whatsoever? Or will it be even worse? Because kind of getting lost in the shuffle is what's going to be lost in the shuffle here. I mean, you're changing up every an offense that was already bad. And now you're changing up the play caller who's going to be up in the box in Parks Frazier. You've got a new head coach down there. There's going to be so much coming at this group with an offense that has already struggled, that was the absolute bottom, worst on Sunday in Foxborough. I, I think it, I don't know what people are expecting out of it right now. And again, I know everybody loves Jeff Saturday, and you should, because the guy could, at least conversationally, with his tone, he could lead you anywhere. But at the same time, you wonder if this is not going – it surprised me, for example, if it didn't look much of the same offensively as it did. I don't expect the defense to look that way. I mean, the defense had been playing better for the most part, uh, certainly did in Foxborough against a bad Patriots offense. But I don't know if I expect you know, all of a sudden a transformation into the phone booth coming back out as this, this super offense. I – I can't imagine there's not going to be some discombobulation with what is going on right now. But, again, it's much more interesting because so many people, Brent, after that New England game, wanted to check out. We're willing to check out. We're kind of done with it. And now this is a new inspiration to see what you might have in Vegas on Sunday. Maybe there's something to that, right? Like yeah. This is so against the grain that you would never think it would happen, but it might spark some things, you know, I, I, Darius Leonard saying, uh, Shaquille Leonard was saying uh, how much he really took from from Saturday coming in and just the positivity and his 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 demeanor and what he's doing. You know, if they get behind him, he could be just saying it right. But if they get behind him, uh, they could uh, go up and do something. You know, again, you're playing the Raiders who are sitting at two and six. They're without uh, Hunter Renfro, which I heard my friend uh, Adam, uh, Adam Schefter just reported. And uh, Darren Waller's now on the IR. Yeah. A couple key pieces off there, but you still got number 17, Devontae Adams. you got to really gear and gauge him because he can kill you, as we all know we've seen him do for years. And then Josh Jacobs is having a hell of a year, too. So if you shut down two pieces of their offense, you, you might have a chance. I mean, again, they haven't looked good. I mean, I, I really thought the Raiders would be way better than they are. Um, but uh, the Colts, you know, it's just uh, you got to get your, your stars the ball. You got to get Jonathan Taylor doing something, and he is the number one overall fantasy selector. Provided he's healthy enough to perform. provided he's healthy enough, but he's got to get healthy. He's got to be on that field for them to have a chance. And if he's on the field, that will open things up. But then you got to have a quarterback to throw the ball and hit Pittman and hit. You know, I, yeah. Again, uh, it's going to be a tough game for him. Um, but there, this this might be again. We don't know which way it's going to go, right? You got to you got to think it's just going to go straight back into the fireplace. But uh, it could veer off, and there could be something different here. They could get a little spice going. Jeff Saturday, I mean, his high school. What he's got three or four years in his in high school coaching, and they've yeah, not been that's doing about very it. well, right? So and, and let's just say, for example, if this does if this does work, this is twofold. If this does work, that may help usher out after one year, Josh McDaniels. In Las Vegas, because this would be this this would be an ugly loss. So we'll be watching that. Plus, let's just say, for example, if this does work, and then maybe that opens up the eyes to some that you don't necessarily. You can if if you think and you trust somebody, even though they don't have that level of experience that normally you need. Oh, maybe this. Because you're just looking for the next trend, really in sports in general, but especially in the NFL. Do I expect that? No. I don't expect it, but all of this, I think, is worthy 
of debate or debate and, and conversation because you don't know. We're, we're in territory in which we haven't seen. And it's not always great that you view what has gone on off the field more interesting than on the field. But to this point, it's certainly been that. And we'll see if that maintains coming up on Sunday. There's a lot of variables going on. Without question. A lot of variables. And, and, you know, again, the thing is, is this might just take the handcuffs off, right? Like, what's there to lose? Yeah. What's there to lose? Let's open this up. Let's try this. Let's do this. But, again, you got a short little week here to work on anything with a brand-new coach uh, with very little play-calling experience on that whole coaching staff whatsoever. Do they come in and then are they able to, in a short amount of time, come up with some stuff that's going to be a spark? Get these guys up and going. You know, I don't know. I, I, I really think, you know, uh, you, you look at the coaches out there, and Jeff Saturday is like, hey, whatever happens, happens. If I have a chance to come back and do it again, great. If not, great. This is an awesome opportunity. So that I, I like. Um, you know, there's guys like Sean Payton. I watched the Manny cast the other night. That's a guy you want to have maybe kind of look at. And I know he's, he's big on Lamar Jackson, right? Like he's big. He was talking up Lamar the other night pretty big. But uh, – this is going to be one of those things where you, again, they're going to come out and they're going to go out there and they're going to put the best, best game they can on the field. And uh, it, it just might be enough against a very bad Raiders team, too, to go out and do something. It's uh, Brent Olverson right there, Larceny Bourbon Locks, and Luna's will take the shots. That is week number 10 of the NFL is going to happen right here. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll get Ryan Nally in here, and we'll go with our picks coming up for week number 10. Not the sexiest of matchups, but at the same time, those of interest, including that one coming up in Vegas on Sunday. I believe Daenerys is going to stop by, too. The voice of the pace was on Bally Sports Indiana coming up at the 4 o'clock hour. We'll talk about last night. Raptors coming up at Gambridge Fieldhouse against the Pacers on Saturday. And what he feels about this team to this point. I'm going to ask you that as well. And I know this is going to be certainly focused on a Thursday, a lot of the NFL and a lot of the Colts. But I'm curious your thoughts. You guys agree with me on this? Is it tough for you to feel good about a team that loses? Or have we all been such losers with our local teams for such a long time that we're willing to accept it? I know for the betterment of percentages, that is the play, but I cannot be alone in my voice here that you enjoy watching a team outperform another. Surprisingly enough, I would struggle with not wanting to see them close the deal, and I would certainly struggle with feeling good about it. You guys agree. 239-1070. You can jump on here inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I'll open that up coming up in just a minute, and we'll get that fired up inside the lounge via YouTube Live. The stream, the app, it's HD radio as well. We're live from Joe's Grill. We're in Castleton this afternoon. Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots coming straight at you. Week 10, next. The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Free samples are flowing. If you're watching via YouTube Live, you can see that too inside the lounge. Thank you very much, Joe's Grill. We're in Castleton today. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, tomorrow's show's on the road at Westside Pub. Bud Light Blue Friday coming up tomorrow. 
And I've got Eagles Colts tickets for you. What's interesting about that is you've got the debut of Jeff Saturday as head coach coming up on Sunday in Vegas. But the home debut of Jeff Saturday as the head coach of the Colts is coming up. And you could win Eagles Colts tickets. That is tomorrow. West Side Pub. We're on Morris Street on the West Side. Bud Light Blue Friday coming up tomorrow. Nally is in the house. We're going to move this thing up a little bit here. But first things first, how are, how's everything going? Not on. As far as Castleton is concerned, you're on like hell Man, right now, brother. We are good. We are good. Yeah, we're, I heard we got to move this up for a bit because Halvey's got to get to a get to a, a fun. Oh fun, yeah, fun, something fun down south. Something fun, huh? A little activity down south. The Brown County Music Center. Yeah. Our good friend Christian Webb. Y'all like who, him? We, oh, love him. He's Christian's awesome. a good dude. This yeah. is the 25th anniversary of Dark Star Orchestra, uh, who plays Grateful Dead shows in its yeah. entirety, the old shows. So they're playing tonight down there. Got a little vent down there. I've got uh, a bunch of things going on. So I, I do apologize. I'm going to step early. But Mr. Nally's going to fill in here for me. Nice. And uh, the tab's going to be in his hands. So I'll see, that's why I don't said. Don't beat it up, man. I said please. this yesterday on the air. You've done that. <laughs> and that people want to make sure that the tab is still rolling. Yeah. So the beverages are still flowing. Oh, it will not stop. And it'll probably yeah. be even more, uh, more more than it should be, Mr. Nally. But uh, no, he, he's got last it. time. I mean, you only got reprimanded like, I don't know, small, a yeah. little bit. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Three strikes and you're out. I got one. So this right, be my anything you're thinking before we get started here, Nally? No, man. I, I heard your show at Parks Place Pub. Sounded great. Shout out to Parks Place Pub last week. That was good. Show. Leader was, was killing it on the yeah, picks, too. Well. By the way, man, he went eight and three. Yeah, he went eight three and he one. Was, uh, John was uh, six five and two, or he went eight three and two. He's John still off my six, Christmas list because of the backyard barbecue that yeah they had. So I, I'm gonna have to stop in there and say something, so say hi or something. You know, say hi, or he doesn't. He only, he only hits me up every now and then <laughs> yeah. when he needs something. When he needs something, of course. Yeah, but I don't get him. That's how it works. You know. Well, eight and three. I'm gonna try to beat him. Park's place was a great spot, and uh, we'll it go is. ahead and throw it out there. Next week, John, we're at the Bulldog in Broderick, yeah. the old Mo and Johnny's. It's going to be a combo show. Uh, Larson Lock, Lunazul Shot, Tag Slash, Evan Williams Tavern Tour. So Ooh, that's a good one right that's there. That's a good I one. Like so the old Bulldog, yeah. right? Remember the old, the old Bulldog? Yeah. That was yeah, a yeah, true yeah. tavern. Back in the day there. It's back in the day. It's, it's new and improved. It's it's an awesome, awesome place, too. So looking forward to that, too. All right. Let's do it. Larsley right. Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots. Kyle, cue the band. Week number 10 of the NFL is here. We're going about 30 minutes early. I don't know. People will probably check out after 30 minutes later on tonight. The Thursday night will start week 10. That is in Charlotte tonight with the Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. The Falcons, two-and-a-half-point road favorites. You were talking about, you know, the, the road dogs the other day. Uh, road favorites in this case with the Falcons. I was disappointed last week with the way they started was well. The way they ended against the Chargers, not so well. But I'm going to go ahead and lay the two-and-a-half, fellas. I'm going to take the Falcons on the road on this Thursday night. Brent. Yeah, they did start off. They, they were one of the pushes last week we talked about, right? So, again, last week, home dogs went 6-1-1. One, and one. Pretty impressive. There's only three home dogs this week. Tonight's one of them. That's Carolina. I don't see it happening. I think Atlanta's playing a lot better than, than the team they should be. They're 6-3 and three against the spread. They're 4-5. and five. Uh, on the year, their actual record, and they're tied for first uh, in the NFC South. So they're tied with Tampa Bay, who's not been doing very well. I like Atlanta to come back. They got Cordell Patterson that looks really good. He came back from, from a couple weeks off, and he scored two touchdowns last week. Looked great. Give me Atlanta Falcons just side of the field goal. I'll lay the two and a half. Take the Falcons all Falcon Day, Nally. What do you got Whoa, there, Nally? All Falcon Day. Uh, I'm going to roll with Albie on that. Take the Falcons in the minus two and a half. All right, 9.30 a.m. This one's in Germany. 
Coming up on Sunday morning, the Seahawks, which have been uh, more than mildly impressive in their first season for a while without Russell Wilson under center. They're getting two and a half points in Germany against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Did the Buccaneers find something against the Rams last week? That's the point everybody is making right now. But I have been so, again, more than mildly impressed with the Seahawks. I'm going to take that two and a half, and I am going to take the fighting Pete Carrolls on the road in Germany Sunday morning. Brent Halverson. You know, the Germany game, throw everybody off here a little bit, but I will tell you what. I mean, last week, touchdown Tommy came through in the very end. Mr. Nally and I were watching the game here at the at Joe's Grill, and uh, John, I had a pretty, pretty good-sized bet on Mr. Uh, Tom Brady to come back and win that game. Thankfully, they did with zero time <laughs> left. And, My butt uh, was puckered. We were both sitting there. Oh, yeah. We were both puckered. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to join you here as well. I think Seattle. Seattle's 6-3 against the spread. Tampa's 2-6-1 against the spread. Uh, you also got Seattle at six and three. I mean, they're, they're they're first place in the NFC West. Who would have thought? But you know what? I like them. Kaka all day long. Plus two and a half. They win the game outright. Now, I, I think Tampa Bay was a, a fluke again against a bad Rams team, and they probably shouldn't have even gotten that win. I'm going to roll with Seattle on the points. All right, fellas, let's move on. The fighting uh, Tommy Suttons, the Minnesota Vikings, one of the more impressive teams, not just in the NFC, but in the entire NFL so far this season. Are they for real? They look it. Now, we thought Buffalo was at the top of the heap, and then they go to the Jets and get disposed of, and you've got elbow inflammation situation. Got that happening with Josh Allen. I thought maybe it would be an injury some other way. But not this particular way. We'll see where it goes from here. But right now, the Vikings are getting three and a half points. And you know what? I know that Buffalo Bills are planning on bouncing back. I like the Vikings right now. I like the way that they're playing. Give me that three and a half on the road and give me the Vikings. Brent Halverson. Yeah, Tommy Sutton, which Tommy's here. Tommy, good to see my friend. He's sporting that Viking attire, too. That's, that's looking sexy right now at 7-1. And you got the 7-1 Vikings against the 6-2 and Buffalo Bills. Hey, you know I'm big on the Bills a lot. I don't know about Josh Allen. I don't know about his elbow. I don't know how that's going to be, right? So I'm going to go with you here, John. I'm going to go take the Vikings uh, plus three and a half. I'd buy it up to four, just as I always would. Uh, so, but give me Minnesota to go on the road and get the cover. What do you got, Nally? I, I'm with Brent on this one. I think that uh, the Buffalo Bills, that line started at eight and a half. It's down to three and a half. I don't think Josh Allen's going to be playing. Minnesota Vikings at three and a half. Tee up with Coach's Tavern. Well, Tommy Sutton's happy about that, I'm sure, right? One o'clock to start. Soldier Field, Chicago, the Bears, and (laughs) the Lions. Um, The the Bears are funny. I don't trust them at all, and I certainly don't trust them laying three and a half, but maybe in this case I will. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears, lay the three and a half against the Lions, brand at home on Sunday. Well, you've seen a resurgence, Justin Fields. Wow. They finally took the the shackles off of him and do what he does. He runs the ball. I saw a stat the first four games of the year, he had like four rushes. Well, now he's, he's running the ball, and he's opening that field up a lot, and he's allowing for, like, Montgomery and uh, Khalil Herbert to, to, to get out there and to, to do stuff, right? And then they got the addition of uh, Claypool. Claypool, he did do a whole lot last week, but he's going to open things up a little bit for Daryl Mooney as well. I can't believe I'm saying this, but take the Bears. I'm going to take the Bears. I'll lay the three and a half again by the half point to take it to a field goal. But I have also got my Lunazul Tequila Shot of the week for fantasy, John. And and, in a couple of leagues, this was pretty amazing. I got him in one. Justin Fields, if he's out there, get him. Get him and start him over anybody you got right now because he is playing well. Put up 40 points last week. But if he's not out there, I'll tell you who else to get. Cole Komet, tight end 
for Chicago. Cole yeah. Clement is your uh, well, double Zool. bears here, huh? Double bears. If 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 yeah. Fields available, take him by all means. If not, Cole Clement is on that waiver wire. Get him. So weird to hear a Packer fan. Oh, it's strong on the Mr. Pace. Nally. This is pains. He right now. He, wow. Yeah, he's in a spot right here with the Packers. It, it looks like yeah. there's zero hope for that crew. It really does. I, I'm 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 and again. I'm in agreement with him. I'm going to roll with the Bears minus three and a half at home. They get they're onto something. Uh, Tennessee, man, right there, right there in Kansas City. Couldn't close it out in overtime, but still, I'm sorry, incredibly impressive with Malik Willis and with that team. There's a lot to like about them, even if Colts fans don't. They're at home against Denver. I'm going to lay the two and a half, and regardless of what's going on there quarterback-wise or with that team or injury-wise, I feel confident that the Titans will take care of business against the Broncos Sunday at 1. Brent? Yeah, I agree with you, John. Uh, you know, again, the, the Titans are 6-2 and two against the spread. They're 5-3 and three straight up. They're in first place of the division. Uh, it's really at, in, in their hands, right, to do what they can. Denver, I just can't get a pulse on Denver. I mean, they just you, you just don't know. Russell's not fit into that whole schematic yet. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do a double shot this week. I'm going to do a double shot larceny power. So my first larceny lock of the week is going to be the Tennessee Titans lay the two and a half. Tannehill's for sure playing? Not for sure. All right, I'm, I'm going to roll with Denver in the plus two and a half. Oh, would you? I, I wouldn't think that makes a difference. I would go with the Titans either way. I don't think it makes a difference. That's why I'm going to go over eight. Thanks a lot. This week. All right. Thanks <laughs> a lot right there. All right. Jacksonville, Kansas City, 1 o'clock coming up on Sunday. Uh, Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. I'm going to take that. Give me Kansas City circle. It lay the nine and a half at Arrowhead Sunday. You know, this game right here, it just scratches your head. I mean, you look to see how Kansas City played last week, and they barely won that game. And, uh, you know, they were, what was it, 11.5-point favorite, I think it was, last week, right? You got 9.5-point favorite now. Jacksonville looked good. They came off a big home win last week. I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to take the Jaguars. Don't they seem uh, to plus 9.5. Yeah. Uh, they're 3-6 and six against the spread, but Kansas City's 3-5 and five against the spread. Kansas City is the better team. We all know that. But I'm just looking to cover these points. Kansas City by seven. Jaguars uh, cover plus nine and a half for me. Now, I'm taking KC minus nine and a half. Hey, Miami, three and a half point favorites at home against Cleveland, man. Cleveland's inching further and further close to the return of Deshaun Watson, but they can be Jekyll and Hyde. I think they're going to be more, I think the bad one is Hyde in this case, more Hyde coming up in South Florida at 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. So, bury the three and a half for me. Give me the Dolphins, Brent, at home. Yes, I, I agree. I mean, hey, look at look at Tua's looking great. Miami looks great. I mean, you got Hill. Yeah, I mean, these boys on the outside, Hill and Waddle, that's 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 just awesome. They had a Jeff Wilson Jr. who hopped right in last week. He did hop right he, in there. He, yeah, yep. he, he's looking good, too. Uh, you know, I, I really like Miami in this one. This was my original Larson Lock of the Week, so this is going to be my double shot to close out my two. Uh, give me Miami Dolphins, Larson Lock of the Week, Part 2. Lay the three and a half by the half point. Nally. Not only that, Waddle, that, he's got a great touchdown dance. Oh, I love it. It's not. Oh, I love it. No doubt. Uh, Dolphins taking the fins, minus three and a half. All right, fellas, the one o'clock start. Houston on the road at the Giants. Four and a half point favorites of the Giants. I, I don't know what to make of this. I'm not thoroughly in belief of the Giants. But I don't trust Houston on the road or at home or really anywhere, to be honest with you. So lay that four and a half. Give me the Giants at home in that one o'clock start Sunday, Brent. This is one that I really liked looking at it, right? But then when I dug in, peeled that onion back a little yeah. bit, you got the six and two New York Giants against the one six and one Houston Texans. It's at New York. Yeah. It's at home. 
and they're a four and a half point favorite. Ah, it just seems it's, a it's little light to weirdness. me. I agree with you on the weirdness there. It yes. looks a little bit weird. I really like it though, so I'm going to take the Giants with you minus four and a half. Well, we both like half. that, Nally. What do you say? Rookie, uh, rookie running back for Houston Texans is questionable. Damian Pierce. Yeah, Damian Pierce. They're talking about him not actually playing, and that right now it's like looking. They were saying it's a fifty-fifty shot. Um, I'm still going to take the G-men minus four and a half. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots on Week 10. Joe's Grill in Castleton. Ryan Nally, Brent Halverson, JMV for you. The last 1 o'clock start on Sunday on this Week 10. In Pittsburgh, the Steelers at home against New Orleans. I'm, I'm, the Andy Dalton stuff, I'm sorry. Plus a point and a half. I don't trust the Steelers. I think the Steelers stink. I said they were going to stink, and they do. But I think on this day, I'll take that point and a half and give me Pittsburgh at home, Brent Halverson. Yeah, you know, I mean, watching that game, that was tough last week. The only team not to cover as a home dog last week was the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. And they looked absolutely pitiful. They did. They they couldn't cover the tees. They couldn't couldn't do anything last week. You know, they got some some good players. Dalton is just looking like Dalton that we know. Uh, Pittsburgh, I mean, you know, again, they're both the ugly teams, right? You got a three and six team going into Pittsburgh at two and six. Uh, Neither one of them have a whole lot of going on. Clay, Claypool's gone now. I think you're going to see Pickens have a big, big game. And uh, I, I like Pittsburgh. I'll take Pittsburgh, that home dog, plus one and a half. What you got, Nelly? Yeah, this is pretty much the garbage game of the week, I think. I mean, on, on yeah. Sunday. It, it, Pittsburgh, plus one and a half. All right, guys. We're going to go to the 425 game. We'll save the Colts and the Raiders for the final pick. Cowboys and the Packers, everybody. And the Packers have been a massive disappointment so far this year. And the Cowboys, I think everybody's on board with. I'm especially on board with this, the way Green Bay's playing and the way the Cowboys are looking. I'm going to go ahead and lay the four and a half road favorites, the Cowboys and Lambeau. That's weird to say right there, but give it to me right there. Give me the Cowboys on the road. It hold is. on. I, hold on. I want to get my video ready. For That's the sour go face ahead. right I here. I went against the Packers. I've, I've taken, yeah. gone against them the last three weeks in a row. And, and, and you I, see the I, writing I, on the wall. I see the writing on the wall. They don't look good. They do not look good. Dobbs is now, he, you know, he's on IR. We got, we're just banged up. We don't have a lot of anything going on. Aaron Jones got banged up. You're going to see some A.J. Dillon. But, man, that Dallas defense, they look good this year. They look really good. So Packers are going to struggle. Not only do they struggle the last five weeks and all year, they're going to struggle hard. And I hate this and it pains me to say it, that the Dallas Cowboys will go in there and get that cover easy against the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. This is my and – and I say it every time I'm on here. This is my lay of the house, the dog, the wife, everything on the Dallas Cowboys. Micah Parsons might give – Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a little early for his age, but a, we might see a live colonoscopy <laughs> happen on that field. Or, or, yeah, a, or something a, close or to it. Or some yeah, sort of a felonious. Something ugly. Something felonious yeah. could happen on the field to Got Aaron Rodgers. Michael ya. Parsons might get your cameras ready. <laughs> not a good sign for Brent Halverson and really his Packers, nope. no nope. doubt. Moving on. Did you guys watch Hard Knocks last night? No. Or the night before last? Nope. When it debuted? Last night, night before last? Uh-huh. I can't remember. Yeah, that was, uh, I think, episode number one with the Cardinals. Um, I, I know it wasn't the Colts, and we were all interested in the Colts last year, but it seems like that the Cardinals, with their record right now, what are they, three and five? Three and six. Three Cardinals and are three and six. six. Rams They're are three and five. They're in a situation to where something's going to have to give for both of these teams. I'm going to go ahead and take the two points. I'm going to take the Cardinals on the road because of their appearance last night on Hard Knocks. Give me the Cardinals on the road against the Rams, Brent. Yeah, I mean, again, two teams that, that you expect to see these records flipped, right? But they're, you know, yes. like I say, Arizona's three and six. 
Rams are three and five. Rams both are massive disappointments, by the way. Both massive disappointments. Rams look just horrible. They have zero offense. I mean, they lost that game in the last second to uh, touchdown Tommy last week. Thank God they did. I'm going to go with you, John. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals. Plus two, by the point to three, Cardinals to cover. Right. Chirp, chirp, Arizona plus two. All right. The Sunday Nighter, the Chargers and the Niners. Niners are, I believe, what's is that, seven? Seven, seven. point it is favorites now seven. right yep. there. So, yeah, circle the Niners on this. I, I tell you what, at the end of the year, I'm going to like them a great deal. They've been on and off. But I think in the NFC, we're going to start staring squarely at Kyle Shanahan's team. Circle the Niners, bury the seven, Brent. Yeah, this is a tough number. I mean, the Chargers are five and three against the spread and straight up. San Fran's four and four against spread and straight up. San Fran changed their complete look, right, when they added Christian McCaffrey. They did. That dude is just the man. And I think for that reason alone, seven's a weird, odd number here. I'd normally take the dog in this spot. I'm going to join you. I'm going to take San Francisco to cover that seven at home. Nally. Uh, San Fran minus seven, and I, you know, you heard it here. San Fran will be in the Super Bowl. They, I, wow. I, I like, I like the momentum. You they believe they're going to the gather, and I, I like Kyle Shanahan a great deal. The Monday Nighter, Philly, eleven point favorites at home against Washington. Washington can't get out of their own way. If anybody has had the uh, the negative hype or worse than the negative hype that's been around here regarding what's taking place this week, it has been in Washington. Uh, mostly on the field for them, but I don't know how much it will affect the the on the field product as with the off the field stuff happening. But I'm going to go ahead and take Philly with the 11 points I am going to give on this. I know that's probably not a great play, but I'm going to go with Sirianni's crew coming up on Monday night at home. Big fat number, the only double digit uh, game that's on the board it. this week. So. But those eight no Eagles, and, and again, now you mentioned the, the 49ers being the Super Bowl. I don't know how you can get past the Eagles. I really don't. I think the Eagles have all things kicking for them right now. Uh, like you said, John, Washington, you just uh, – I don't know how they're even staying with what they're doing. They're sitting four and five, not bad. But I like the Eagles to come out and win this game. Win it big. They're coming out striking hard and fast. Jalen Hurts looks great. I mean, everywhere on that whole field, they're, they're doing it up and down. So give me the Eagles. I'll lay the 11. What do you got, Nelly? Uh, on the Eagles, you're, you're not wrong with that at all. Um, but and Philly has one of the easiest schedules coming out through. They do. It's I ridiculous. Mean, they could go. They could go about three more. They're about three more wins before the before the Dolphin run is going to start being in full discussion. But we're gonna. I'm running with Washington plus eleven. They seem to get it done. They seem to cover. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't this week. But we'll. I'm throwing it out there. Plus eleven. Your all boy right. Heineke. Yeah. Fellas, the final Week 10 matchup. Let's go to Vegas here for this one. Jeff Saturday, his NFL Colts coaching debut against Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders. As of right now, six-point favorites are the Raiders. I would love to have a storybook type of thing going on in Vegas. I mean, I really would. It would be and not something like Casino, but, I mean, something great, something that has an incredible happy ending here. I, just, I don't see it, and I don't even know so much if it is dependent on the head coaching change, the play calling change. It is just this offense is in the crapper, and I don't care what type of inspirational speeches you're going to give. I don't, with Sam Ellinger, see them getting up off the mat, even against a defense that certainly is not going to be as good as what we saw in New England last week. So I'm going to go ahead in this case. I'm going to take the Raiders. I'm going to bury the six. And uh, Colts fans are going to be talking about a lot of things on Monday. I'm a non-believer. I I hope that the Jeff Saturday thing works out. 
He's going to have the rest of the season, I'm sure, to, to prove a lot of things to a lot of people, I would guess. I just don't think this is going to be a game where it's going to be possible, given all that has transpired in much less than a week here. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, to me, this is the Barnum and Bailey classic, right? Dun, 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 dun. It's a circus game right There's hope for entertainment, I Hope guess. for entertainment out of it. Uh, you got two teams that are not anywhere near where they should be that anybody thought they'd be. Um, but... With all the turmoil that's going on in Indianapolis, with the short five days to try to learn how to be an NFL coach, you can't even read that in the – what was that yellow book that I used to use in high school all the Cliff time? Notes. Cliff Notes, yeah. yeah. Mm. You can't even get the Cliff Notes quick enough to get that going. So uh, I, I don't think they're going to do it. You know, like we talked earlier, John, I hope, I hope that this little spark, call it a spark, I don't know what you want to call it, hope it's something, though, that they'll open up, take the handcuffs off, let them go, and let them play. I just don't see it happening. I'll take the Vegas Raiders all day, lay the six. They win 27 to 17. See, I had 17 10. Um, I, I, just, I don't believe in the Colts' offense, and I don't think that's going to have anything to do with Jeff Saturday or Parks Frazier no. or anything. I think it is, especially with Sam Ellinger, it is what it is. So, here I, quick question what, for you. I mean, yeah. why, why don't we get on? How, how's that going to Can that quarterback situation change? Can Saturday. He well, I, I, I said this all week. If you really truly wanted to Foles. win, I'd play Foles. Nick Foles. I'd play Foles. Why no, not? A lot of people disagree with me. Um, I would play Foles if you really truly wanted to win. But again, this is a decision that is being made by the owner for the rest of the team. No matter what anybody says, I'm a non-believer in Ellinger with this group. I think Foles would give them a better chance to win. Probably wouldn't win anyway. 17-10 Raiders on Sunday. What do you got, Nally? Yeah, I, it's a it's a mess. Um, I promised my sons Riley and Max that I would roll with Colts. Hi, yep. Riley. Hi, Max. If you're listening. But I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the Raiders. <laughs> I, I just can't. I'm, do it. I'm, I'm, Sorry, I'm, boys. Want, yeah, you you want this to be you want this to be a, a script. You want this to be fun. You want it to be a feel good. Yeah, I don't. See I, it. I just I can't see it either. And it's not. It has nothing to do with Saturday, or it has everything to do with this offense being what this offense is. Yeah. And what we saw in Foxborough. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna's Will Tequila Shots. Week number 10, fellas. Anything to add before I hit a break? Uh, no. Hey, come out, out here to the best little bar in Indy, Joe's yes. Grill, Castleton. Uh, Mr. Nally, he's going to be here supplying some wonderful samples for everyone for the next couple of hours. Uh, come on out and have some fun. Yes. Uh, go to break. You concur. I'll be, I'll, I'll, I concur. <laughs> I concur. We're going to be joining you here again. But you got it. Quick, quick. Yeah. Uh, what we got coming up December 18th here at Joe's Castleton. We've got our 17th annual charity chili cook-off. Which oh, is that's so good. Such right. a fun event. It's an, it's an away game. Colts, Vikings, we usually have 20, 25 pots of chili. We've got Love it. JMV. I'll we'll be, be here, baby. For a judge. We've got, I'll be here. I can't eat it, though, because this is a road game still. It, it is. And, and I'd have to go back there to the trees. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, we've got Halvey that yep. Heaven Hill is going to be a judge. We've got two other celebrity judges that are – Non-committal, but they're almost gotcha. in. Gotcha. So that's going to be a fun day. You got up. it. What date's that? December uh, 18th? Sunday, December 18th. Awesome. You got it. Benefiting uh, Peyton's Man- Peyton Manning's Children's Hospital. Well awesome. done, Nally. Love Appreciate it. you, man. Absolutely. We'll talk to Nally a little Thank bit later guys. on. Brent Holmer's going to beg out of here. He's on his way to Nashville. We've got Denary top of the hour. I've got Mike Chappell in the 5 o'clock hour. Joe's Grill on a Thursday, week 10. Larcity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Back with you next. The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Joe's Grill Hour 2. We're in Castleton today. We did our Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. So a second consecutive day, as I mentioned, you know, the Bills and their matchup with the Vikings. 
no Josh Allen with that elbow injury situation. So it's uh, getting closer and closer to maybe Case Keenum being the starting quarterback, which would lead you to believe even more so rolling with me and the Tommy S greatness that is the Vikings coming up on Sunday. We'll keep you updated on all that. Hunter Renfro, wide receiver of the Raiders, I believe, along with Darren Waller, who Ren Halverson mentioned is going to miss coming up on Sunday. Sunday looks like Hunter Renfro also is going to miss coming up on Sunday as well. Again, that matchup coming up on Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas. It's Jeff Saturday, his coaching debut for the Colts. Colts and the Raiders from Allegiant Stadium. I'll get things started with Bill Brooks at 1 o'clock on the Colts pregame huddle. That's 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon getting you set for the Colts and the Raiders from Las Vegas. All right, a lot of that and more. More stories regarding the Colts. Your calls at 239-1070. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now, uh, he is the voice of the Pacers on Bally Sports Indiana. Pacers and Raptors coming up on Sunday. But I want to recap what took place last night. A really impressive middle. No doubt about that. With an 18-point advantage that dwindled in the third quarter. All in all, you love the way that the Pacers play. I just, I can't so flippantly, as Kristen Neri joins us again on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, I can't so flippantly say, hey, it was a great game and they lost, so that's fantastic. I'm sorry, Chris, I feel this way. And I know a lot of people would like to see them get closer lottery-wise. But these guys have been playing well and they're fun to watch. I struggle with being satisfied with them losing, even in the fashion in which they did last night. It's tough for me. Well, I echo your thoughts. I mean, I, I, I walked out of the building last night, you know, disappointed because uh, would have been a third straight impressive win. You beat Miami, who was a playoff team last year. New Orleans is an up-and-coming team with Zion Williamson. And, uh, and, and then last night, uh, you have Jokic in foul trouble. You get an 18-point lead. And it's interesting, I give Michael Malone a lot of credit. When, when they didn't have Jokic, they went to that zone, and I, I thought that really created some problems for the Pacers. They were so good in transition, so good in moving the ball, but once they hit that zone, it became a little problematic. And, John, you and I have seen so many games over the years. I really felt, and I said on air, when they were up 18, they were probably another four to five points from putting that away because you get that lead into the 20s, and Denver's on a road trip. Uh, I, I think it's a different outcome, but Contavious Caldwell Pope hit the threes, and all of a sudden they're back in the game. But uh, yeah, I was yeah. disappointed. But but this is this has been a fun group to watch. Um, they've probably surprised a lot of people in this city, as well as across the NBA. I mean, think about three of the losses uh, to open the year with Washington, San Antonio, and then last night. All three of those losses came down to the Pacers having a three-point shot near the buzzer to force overtime. So those are three of your six losses. So um, I continue to like what I see. I mean, I think when the season started, the front office was clear. Rick was clear. Hey, we're going to go with the young guys. And so you look in crunch time on Friday in the win against Miami, Monday in the win against New Orleans, and then last night, who's on the floor? Two rookies, Matherin and and Nemhard. And so I think that says a lot about those two and about where this team hopes to go in the future. So Kristen Airy joins us. I want to get to Nimhart in a second. I do want to talk about Mather in a little bit. And, and, and to me, what I've been most impressed with so far, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but I have mentioned it on the air. In fact, I just did a little bit earlier, is not when he's going through those on-fire moments. And we saw that last night, without question. But it's the moments where he struggles. 
and then he recaptures that groove at a latter point in the game. That's difficult enough for established NBA players, but to me that is incredibly difficult for you know guys that are just a handful, you know, 11, 12 games into the season. I think I'm most impressed about how he bounces back over the course of a game than I am with anything that he has brought to the table as a Pacers rookie so far. Yeah, I think especially you saw that last night. I mean, the second quarter rolling, he has 23 in the first half comes back in in the second half it's a struggle up until the end of the game where he hits some big baskets and I think to your point John what you have to deal with and I thought my partner Quinn Buckner said this last night very well is that all of a sudden you are at the top of the scouting report and especially at halftime double zero was at the top of the scouting report and so that's that's something that you have to deal with and and quite honestly a lot of rookies don't deal with that right they're they're not yeah you know, considered one of your top two players on the team. So uh, just being around him, uh, I think I shared with you, you know, being on the road with the guys is very helpful for us as broadcasters. You're on the bus with him and you see how locked in he is. Uh, he, he just wants to be the best he can be. He has told Rick Carlisle time and time again, coach me hard. I want to be the best that I can be. And, uh, Lots of guys do that. I mean, I'm not saying that that he's an outlier, but he's an outlier from the standpoint is that the way he puts his head down at an early age at 20 and and has become a go-to player in his first 11 games for the Pacers. All right, Chris, Andrew Nemhard. Um, I, I had questioned this only because I watched him so much. I wondered how he would, especially early, translate with the, the, the higher level of athlete in the NBA. And let me tell you, he's been every bit uh, as impressive as, to me, he was when he played collegiately for Mark Few at Gonzaga. Does anything stand out to you? I, I guess, it, to me, maybe it's his, his, his calm, cool, and collective nature, which I saw oftentimes in Spokane when he was with that basketball program. But it seems like that that has translated so far seamlessly to the NBA level with him and this Pacer team. Yeah, I think so. I think, another word, poise and confidence. Uh, he played at a high level in college. That's, that's the, the great thing about both he and Matherin. I mean, they both played at uh, you know, super winning programs in Arizona and Gonzaga. And he, 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 like Matherin, plays with absolutely no fear that he's walked onto this NBA stage and it's just like, um, you know, he's playing with his national teammates at Canada or he's playing at Gonzaga. Um, I've been most impressed with his feel for the game, uh, just his ability to, to see like Halliburton. I, I think the Pacers from a point guard position are probably in as good a shape as they've been in a long time with Halliburton, McConnell, and Nemhard, And they're also versatile. Uh, Halliburton is a scorer. He's averaging 20 points per game. Uh, he's, he's played a lot with McConnell in the backcourt. Nemhard is starting right now with Halliburton in the backcourt. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, – he, he's somebody that you'd have to categorize a little bit as a steal. I've always thought that, you know, those first couple of picks in the second round are really first-round picks. And I think a lot of people thought that he may go in the first round. And – you know, going back to June, the Pacers were giddy when they got through the first round, and all of a sudden, Andrew Nemhard is still there. So uh, he's he's been a he's been a huge addition to this team. And again, uh, you've seen down the stretch in this homestand, the three games, uh, he's out there on the floor in crunch time with Matherin. 
Kristen Derry, Valley Sports Indiana, voice of the Pacers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Of course, Pacers and Raptors coming up on Saturday evening. Gamebridge Fieldhouse last night, a three-point loser to the Denver Nuggets at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. You look at Buddy Heald and Miles Turner together, and it was a foregone conclusion by many, including myself, that at some point this season they were going to be traded. Do you do you think we should look at that any any differently? Are we seeing a growth with both of these guys to where your impression is they could evolve into future, just much more than right now, essential pieces with this young and growing group? It's just hard to know what what's on the landscape as far as the NBA is concerned. But I'll, but I'll say this: I, I've really enjoyed you know watching these guys blend in as as older veterans with this young group. And you know, Buddy Heald fits everything that Rick Carlisle wants to do from the standpoint: the three point attempts are up. Uh, he's averaging nearly ten attempts per game. He's shooting better than forty percent. He has been a consistent scorer. I said this: I not having watched a lot of Sacramento Kings games over the years, I didn't realize that. He's a pretty decent passer, and he's, he's not a bad defender. And I think he's done a lot of good things. And then Miles, I, I did a post-game event with him last night with, with the, the fans, with the season ticket holders, and uh, he was upbeat despite being very disappointed with the outcome of the game. I, I was listening to you. I'm, I was talking to Kyle. Uh, you know, we think this might be the, the last best day of the year, right? So I've got about an acre that yeah. I'm uh, getting taken care of this afternoon. But I was listening to you, and, yeah, he chested up with Jokic last night. He did. And, and sure, I, I, sure I can't remember a time when he's ever done that against an opposing better big, if you will. Yeah, he chested up defensively, and I thought down in the post he made a couple of strong moves. So, you know, we're seeing, uh, you know, a little bit of growth, maybe a lot of bit of growth out of Miles, and I think a lot of that comes from being a little bit more of a focal point inside. He doesn't have to share that area as he's done in the past with DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, he's got uh, a willing point guard passer in Tyrese Halliburton. So, uh, no, I've liked what I've seen. I, I, I like, you know, I was listening to you earlier and you said, Are, is this team a little ahead of schedule? Well, probably the record would say so at five and six. I don't know how many people thought that they'd have five wins at this point, but this is just a group and a coaching staff that is working each and every day to get better. And uh, knowing that you are building for the future because, you're playing two rookies in crunch time every game. And the yeah. way you get better and the way that they have more success down the road in those situations is to get that experience. And I would say this, while they didn't succeed last night, they sure did against New Orleans and Miami in crunch time situations. Uh, in both those instances, they had leads and the teams made runs and the Pacers were able to hold them off. You're not going to do that 100% of the time, especially, as you said, against a really good Denver team out of the West. So, um, you know, all in all, you know, with a 2-1 and homestand, you know, see if you can, you know, beat a really good team on Saturday in Toronto. Uh, I've been very pleased with what I've seen from this group. And if, if Jokic is going to bank in a three like that, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, they're, they're, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but you can look back at that as as one of the larger moments. Now, the Rick Carlisle technical took place right in front of you and and Quinn. What did you see? Because I think most people that responded to me last night felt that the uh, Pacers got a faulty best in the world whistle at that point. What did you guys have in front of you? Well, I had all, you know, those people that sit to the left of us uh, toward the scores bench, they all came up to me after the game and just said, hey, there's no way he said anything to get a technical. I think Jokic helped in that situation. I think 
I think that the technical was called because they thought Rick was out of the coaching area. And I'm like, he's down there by, he's down there by the scores bench almost the yeah. whole game. Um, so, um, you know, Jokic, Jokic had a hand in that. If you watch the replay, we, we, we showed that after the game or during that point is Jokic is pointing at Rick and then pointing at the official and then the official uh, makes the call. At first, if, if you watch it as well, Buddy sort of inadvertently yeah. hits the official. So at, at one point, I thought the technical was on him for making contact with the official. But uh, it turned out to be a big call because at the end, instead of needing a two to tie, you needed yep. a three to tie. Well, and I then, mean, at the end, too, and given that situation, the way that it worked out, I was I was surprised Jokic actually went to the basket under those circumstances. But the way that it worked out, Halliburton would have gone to the rim if, yeah, if you're down two. So yeah, Halliburton would have gone to the rim, and that that changed the dynamic. And I, I thought I thought it was a lame call at that moment. And then I, you watch you bring up the Buddy Heald thing. When when the official stopped and kind of stared him down a little bit with that stern look, I thought, "You horses, you know what? Give me a break." <laughs> God, I, just, I get so tired of those dudes, man. I do. I know that they hear it all the time and they get tired of it. But the best in the world, you can have the best in the world most of the time. All in all, that it just ended up disappointing, you know, just from it the did. standpoint that that you had that eighteen point lead, and I go back to the third quarter, as I said, you were three to five points, to, in my opinion, of putting that game away. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope hit three threes. Uh, Jokic banked in a three. There was a big possession when Michael Porter Jr. missed a three, got his own rebound, and made yes. a three. Um, and, yeah. and, and again, Denver is the best three-point shooting team of the league. I mean, they came in shooting 50% from the field and like 44% from three-point range. So it's not as if they haven't done that on a regular basis, but you just thought if the Pacers, who have done a pretty good job rebounding all year long, they've, I think they've out-rebounded seven of their first 11 opponents. If you get one of those extra rebounds on those second-chance threes, um, you, you, you probably are in a better position to win the game. And I will say this, even though I, I at times have uh, somewhat of a disdain for the best in the world, they, they did allow – they allowed Jokic and Miles with four and five fouls, respectively, then five fouls apiece to bang more than what you normally would allow at those moments late in the game. So, and I, and I don't know if we're talking about the same dude or what, but I like the way that they officiated late the big guys on the interior. But I just I think the handout uh, technical at that moment is uh, pretty lame. Yeah, I have an interesting, you know, the game is going on. I've got my iPad in front of me with NBA courtside, but my text messages can come in. And uh, I had family members, my son, my wife. My wife was texting me. She goes, I can't believe how physical it is, you know. And and that was toward the end of the game where uh, it it got pretty physical. And, And to your point, I like when they allow them to play, but I don't want it to get so out of hand that then you don't know what a foul is. Right. Um, but uh, all in all, John, here's the other thing I wanted to say. And, and, and last night we had our, our best audience of the year on Valley Sports, which is great. I want to give kudos to the fans that are coming because they're having a lot of fun. They're making a lot of they noise. Are. They're making it a great environment. And uh, I, I think if anybody has not had the chance to get to the field house to see uh, the renovations and to, to see this young team, you, you'll have a lot of fun. I mean, there's plenty of price points as far as tickets are out there. So 
Uh, I just hope people, uh, you know, come out. There's going to be tons of college games and concerts and all that. So uh, the building is awesome. I mean, it is. I I, I walked around the balcony the other night just because I, you know, some nights you just before the game you just want to you want to see the people and you just want to see aspects of the building that maybe you've missed. And it is spectacular. It's, it's going to take, you know, this city into, you know, more decades of just a great arena and then all the things that are going on outside. So, uh, and, and with this young team, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for the short term because they're fun to watch and, but I'm excited for what they're building as well. Yeah. I guess we probably should mention Isaiah Jackson too, coming off the bench for what, 17 and 10, um, off the bench had a, an impressive performance as well. So I, I would agree. And yeah, I, we probably would be saying a lot of this, they're fun to watch oftentimes anyway, but they've not only been fun to watch, but more times than not, they've put themselves in situations to win, you know, maybe not winning, but they put themselves in situations to be competitive down the stretch and to win. And I, that's, that's where I, I, I guess I have a fault I wanted to see them cash that in last night. I wasn't saying, well, you know what? They played really well, and now you lose, and you know your percentages on ping-pong balls are going to be great. I, I didn't really look at that. I want to see these young guys get that shot of confidence in closing out a game, especially against a team that Denver is going to be right up there in the West as far as, to me, competing um, in, in that conference all season long at the end of the year. That would have been one of those impressive closeouts. Oh, no question. I, mean, I talked to Popeye Jones, uh, who was a Pacers assistant with Nate McMillan for years, and he's now in Denver. And, you know, with Murray back and Michael Porter Jr. back, yeah. uh, I mean, they're a loaded team. They're, they're really, really good. Jeff Green gave them huge minutes last night. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's every night is fun to watch. I mean, there's so many good teams in, in the league right now. There's so many great young players that um, every night uh, you just look at some of the games and some of the numbers that uh, people are putting up. But um, I, I'd have to say, just based on record, again, it's 11 games. I mean, Benedict Matherin has to be right now. I know Bancaro's had a great start in Orlando. They don't have as many wins as the Pacers. But, uh, you know, right now I'd have to say that Matherin has to be, you know, if not one, um, at least two as far as rookie yeah. of the year right now. I mean, it's early. He's got a long way to go and a lot to prove, but boy, he has come out of the gate and, and he's, I think he's going to be somebody special and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Got a Monon Bell call for this weekend as a former standout at Wabash. Well, you know, I'm going to go with the little giants. It's in Greencastle. <laughs> you couldn't ask for a better matchup, right? They're playing right. for the conference championship. They're playing for a trip to the NCAA tournament, but Oh, there's a certain bell that uh, both, yeah, both yeah. take a lot of pride in. So I think Greg Rakestraw has the call. I think it's an ISC. Um, and I, I know think Derek, that, Schultz, uh, Derek Schultz may be doing some sideline for that oh, as well okay. on ISC, well, I, I believe. I will, definitely, I will definitely be in my office on Saturday afternoon prepping for that night's uh, Pacers-Raptors game, definitely with the Monon Bell game on. And the beauty about that game is, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, every year crazy things happen. I mean, was it last year that Wabash got way down and came back and won? I did the game a few years ago that was back and forth uh, in Greencastle and, and, and Wabash won. So uh, it's a great rivalry. Just, uh, you know, two great schools uh, that are located just, uh, what, a half hour to 40 minutes apart. And uh, if you haven't experienced it someday, whether you go to 
uh, Greencastle or Crawfordsville. It, it's something that you need to do. What town would you pick, Crawfordsville or Greencastle? Not talking about the schools, but you got Crawfordsville or Greencastle. What do you got? Well, I don't want to disparage Greencastle, but I have a lot more experience <laughs> of living in Crawfordsville for four years. So uh, I, I sort of know my way around Crawfordsville. So I, I would have I'd pick Crawfordsville. But I've had uh, I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> how much how much deeply rooted knowledge does that is necessary for knowing your way around in Crawfordsville? <laughs> Uh, you probably don't need that much knowledge, right? You can get from one side of town to the other pretty quickly. But uh, it's funny, John, because, you know, a few years ago when I did the game, Bill Lynch was the yeah. coach at DePaul. And right. uh, I worked with Bill at Butler, a great guy. And uh, as I said, when I, one of my buddies that used my tickets last night um, uh, for the Pacers game, Jim Carrozas, is a Southport Cardinal, and he's a DePaul guy. And we, we're the two guys that cut the deal to make uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse and – Butler Sports Pepsi. And so here, here's a Wabash guy and a DePaul guy who have become really good friends over the years. So, you know, the, the, both schools are – I think both schools are outstanding. Um, it just so happened that, uh, you know, I picked the one that, fortunately, in 1982 we won a championship. So <laughs> There is yeah, – with uh, uh, a future NFLer and Pete Metzelars yeah, yeah, being a part we of that as well. Pretty, yeah, we were pretty lucky to have a Big Red on our team, yes. Yeah, so you, know, you mentioned you mentioned two but- the division three, three uniform. Yeah, you mentioned Butler too, and I, I saw Josh Dowling's a friend of mine that works over at Butler, and they I play basketball uh, occasionally with him during the week, and I know they play noon uh, pickup games over at Butler, and I saw I saw one of the because I mean it, it's really in the past the Butler assistants would play like Terry Johnson played a great deal when I was over there too. And you know, the assistants would play, but I saw one Greg Oden out there doing a little noon pickup basketball over at Butler the other day. Well, you know, who's also over there on the Butler staff is John Diebler who played yeah. at Ohio State. Can you imagine rolling out for media <laughs> basketball and you got a teammate who's Greg Oden who won three state titles and yes. went to the final four. And then John Diebler who's shooting it from like 35 feet. Yeah. I mean, That'd be pretty impressive to go. We didn't quite back in the day when we when we started those media games, John. Back in like the early 1990s, we did it so that we were trying to get interest in the program. And the biggest thing was, is I would provide pizza and drinks, and so we'd have people show up. And remember Jeff Page. Uh, from oh, yeah. GPL would show uh, up. Yeah, Jeff, and, Jeff Page is one of those. Uh, pa- he's, got, he's got one of those, uh, the, the bikes where you know, people ride and he, he downtown. Yeah. I see Jeff I mean, Page they, all the time. He was, he was a hooper, man. I mean, there were so many good. But we didn't have the caliber of Greg Oden and John Diebler showing up <laughs> for noon media ball. Oh, I just saw, I saw a picture of him the other day um, after the noon ball session over there, and there's a Odin in the background. I'm thinking, man, who's who's uh, who's guarding him in the low post? Like five eleven versus seven foot, right there. Oh, that'd be a good time. I think you'd have to have make up some rules and say he's not allowed in the paint. He has to stay out of the painted area at Hinkle Fieldhouse. That may be the only time ever in pickup basketball where a three second call. Is appropriate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I, I it. Just, so my my one final thing I'll leave you. My fascinating memory about Odin is I was at Channel Fifty Nine. Uh, they were playing at Hinkle. It must have been the regional or whatever. And he had a great game, and I wanted to do a sit down with him for our Sunday night show. And they had to take him somewhere, and he said, "I'll be back." 
And I thought, yeah, he's probably not going to be back. And here Greg yeah. Oden, at, what, 17 or 18 years old, came right back, sat in the chair, and we did the interview. And I was like, man, this kid, he gets it. And it was really cool. Um, so it's, it, it, was, it was fun to go this summer and go visit Thad in his office and, and see Odin and Diebler and these guys that meant so much to Thad over at Ohio State. And it's cool that they get to share uh, his comeback at Butler right now. It um and, and in closing here too, I remember there's a Final Four in Indy, um uh, when he was just coming out of high school. I guess he'd already committed to uh, to Ohio State. I can't remember, but Greg Oden was down there on Radio Row with me, and then John Thompson, the late great John Thompson, Georgetown coach, came over and sat down, and then Ewing came over and sat down. It was and I just kind of just let everybody do yeah. it. I mean, it was it, yeah. it was an amazing group, right, to, to hear them talk. Talk with the uh, the young guy then and Greg Oden about basketball and being a big man and such right there. All right, Raptors Pacers coming up on Saturday night. You're going to see that on Bally Sports Indiana and the voice of the Pacers, Chris Denary, with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Chris, I always appreciate that. We'll be watching coming up on Saturday night, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks, John. Uh, Chris Denary right there. Yeah, impressive for the most part, just not able to close last night. I got a lot of comments from you at JMV1070 on Twitter regarding either how difficult it is, and you feel the same way as I do, about just wanting to see a team win when maybe it is not completely, according to the numbers and the analytics, it is completely what they should be doing. Maybe it's better off if they lose and a lot of people celebrating a loss when they play well last night. I find that difficult to do a lot of you would agree some of you in fact would disagree we'll get to those calls and more that is coming up next at 239-1070 your thoughts on the Raiders and the Colts on Sunday is there any reason to expect that this offense is going to be any better than what we saw in Foxborough on Sunday now granted the Raiders defense is not as good but is there any reason to believe that this offense can be any better. To me, the reason why I picked against the Colts is not because Jeff Saturday has never coached before and he's the coach. Not because Parks Frazier has never called the plays as he's going to do coming up on Sunday before. It's because I've seen this act with this offense. Um, and this is nothing against Sam Ellinger, I guess, other than last week he was terrible. To me, if you really wanted a chance to win you give it up to Nick Foles. A lot of you disagree with that, too. But to me, if you really wanted to give yourself a better chance to win, you would hand it over to a been-there-done-that veteran. But it's more about what they showed us last week. And I, I'm telling you, if all of a sudden they are fantastic offensively after last week's debacle, then you've got a story right there. Then we're talking about how incredibly smart Jim Irsay is regarding all of this. Because that was a disaster last week. And unfortunately, that's exactly the type of offense I expect on Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas. We'll come back with your calls at 239-1070. Any thoughts on the Pacers? You can slide in here as well. Got IU and Bethune-Cookman. That's a Reggie Theus coach team right there. The former Bull. He was on that NBC show, I believe, that used to be on Saturday mornings called Hang Time. Kyle, did you ever watch Hang Time with Reggie Theus? Or are you still too it. young? Hang Time with Reggie Theus. I think Reggie Theus and Dick Butkus was a part of it. Dick Butkus was also one of the stars of what late 80s NBC sitcom? Are you ready? 
My two dads. My two dads. Greg Evigan, Paul Reiser, Stacey Keenan, Dick Butkus. Dick Butkus was with Reggie Theus in hang time, if you remember. I think that goes back to the 90s, though, when that was on on Saturday morning. Reggie Theus was a pretty smooth player back in the day, but assuming this got on the schedule because of the Theus-Woodson relationship. We can hit that as well if you want to at 239-1070. The email address is jmv at 1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I'm sorry I've been neglecting you guys today. Good-looking group in there right now as well. We'll get to you and your calls coming up on the other side next. The Ride with JMV. Bullish Brands hanging and banging with you until the 8 o'clock hour. Coming up, we have artists such as Living Color and the Fine Young Cannibals right now. Here's Roxette, The Look, 89.9 W-R-O-L. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. I got time to get with you right now if you want to. Live at Joe's Grill in Castleton. Ryan Nally, thank you very much. Our Larcity Bourbon Locks. Luna Zul Tequila Shots for week number 10 in the books. Hey, and the best part about it is is uh, the card of Brent Alverson is still here, so the uh, free samples are still flowing, which is awesome right there. So get here. Castleton, Joe's Grill, love to see you. JMV, have you heard about maybe Twitter here in the not-so-distant future being shut down? Is Twitter, t- is Kyle, is Twitter going to be shut down here soon? I mean, I think Elon Musk just paid, what, 40-something billion dollars for it, so I doubt he's just going to shut it down. Yeah. What would happen to all my Miles Turner tweets? What would happen to me after every Pacer game without Twitter? We can't have that. I'm, I'm, I'm used to that now. You'll be taking all those um, tweets you have. You just have to go straight to Facebook. I'd be like Jake and have to give you my cell phone. You guys can just call me. you call me and tell me all about it all right two three nine ten seventy timmy thanks for joining the show what do you got what's up jmv timmy i'm having the time of my life Uh, i hear you go ahead (laughs) i've been listening to your show for a long time um and i can't tell you how many times i've heard you mention um that movie with patrick swayze just slipping my mind right now roadhouse brother it's just one of the all-time greats I just watched that the other night, and with all this hectic stuff going on, and that first time I heard Patrick Swayze's voice, I'm like, good God, I would love to hear that voice commentate a Colts game. And so I got to thinking, like, who else would I want in there with him? I'm like, Patrick Swayze and Marv Albert, maybe, something like that. And then Marv Albert and Patrick Swayze. We we would have to – do some type of Frankenstein resurrection of Patrick Swayze, unfortunately, right now. But um, I, I know that. Hey, I, I, I listen. I, I would, I would listen and watch Patrick Swayze do most anything. I mean, how else? How the hell else could I get through a movie like Ghost or Dirty Dancing? <laughs> yeah, I know, but everybody's great as Roadhouse is. Those two movies will put me to sleep in a second. Yeah, it just. Matt Taylor does a great Marv Albert. I don't know if you ever heard him do it, but I he heard does, him do it Timmy man. He does. But I he he does. But hey, wait, 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 hold on a second, man. I don't want to bury the lead on this. What did you think about Roadhouse? I thought it was. I was born in the wrong era, JMV. <laughs> you were, buddy. <laughs> and I was born in '86, but 
they don't make them that natural no more. You know what I mean? So yeah, his his. I mean, you you had it all right there, right? I mean, you had some good fighting, right? You had good fighting yeah. and some nudity. You had you know Swayze and Kelly Lynch sleeping naked on a roof of a barn. My man Swayze lived in the loft of a barn where he had a millionaire that wanted his ass and wanted to beat it and wanted to join his gang right across the lake. They threw some hellaciously good parties at Brad Wesley's place. I mean, Red had a a, a great hardware store, automotive store. You could go in before they blew it up. I mean, I I loved it. I loved Jasper, Missouri. Uh, There's nothing not to like. Uh, By the way, I didn't mention Sam Elliott's in it. Sam Elliott could be good (laughs) at anything. So, yes, it is a cinematic masterpiece. It is. I just want to say, uh, Greg Doyle is a doofus, in my opinion. How he gets <laughs> Jeff, 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 Jeff. You know, Jeff's like, hey, you want like look at me because I watched his press conference twice. You know, I'm saying yeah. I'm born and raised in Indy. Like, you know, Jeff's like, basically, you are asking me a question. Look at me. I'm gonna give you the answer. I, I just can't stand Greg Doyle. He always did that stuff with Frank Wright. Like, I'm that reporter that's gonna ask the tough questions. I'm gonna like Greg Doyle. Go move to New England. That's all I got, JV. Thank you. Timmy, thank you very much. Did he just state that Greg Doyle was a doofus? Kyle, did we hear that? Did we get that run on our show this afternoon? Greg Doyle is a doofus. We hear a lot of uh, a lot of name calling here on this show, mostly from you, but I don't think we've ever I know heard what doofus. I do it. Yeah. Doofus. Yeah, I do. I'm an I I'm a name caller. I I you know, seriously. Now I don't start it. I just finish it. I never started. Do you ever see me start anything, Kyle? I just finish it. I'll call somebody a dumbass or a numbnut or a numbnuttery or blankettery. I told the line a little bit here, but I, I normally don't result to name calling unless if I'm fired upon, then I return fire. Again, in the words of the immortal Patrick Swayze, Dalton and Roadhouse, I'm nice until it's time not to be nice. Always. But I think he said Greg Doyle was a doofus is what he said right there. <laughs> Tony's up next to 239-1070. Tony, before the break, jump on here. Hey, JMV. Long time no talk to, man. How you been? Great. Anybody else a doofus? You want to call anybody a doofus, Tony? No, I don't want to call anybody a doofus, but I just want to chime in. Everything you said about last night's game was just spot on. I mean, I really have to say I've never, I think I'm 63 years old. I've been, I've attended Pacer games in the 60s. So I go way back. I have never seen the Pacers play with the sheer joy and connectedness they did in that second quarter. And the flow, and you're a baller. You know, we've talked for decades. Yeah, me. oh, yeah. I haven't called in a long time. You're a baller. Have you ever been a part of something like the second quarter where just everything was clicking? Again, just we're just, you know. Yeah, it's, it's been few and far between here, but especially exactly. in a group, Tony, I think it's magnified because it's a group where you uh-huh. don't expect, you know, even a, even a stretch of that level of play just yet. You know what I mean? It, exactly. And, you know, I was texting with my grown son at halftime saying, you know, I um, don't care if we end up losing the game, 
but no one can erase that first half, showing the potential of how connected they can be. And then later on I sent him, well, I do care if the Pacers lose this game because I really thought the game got away because Goga was not in the flow, and he just screwed up. He screwed up everything. And as I think someone earlier said, in that fourth quarter – Matherin was was not he should have been put in the game a little bit sooner. I think Carlisle didn't do him a favor in the fourth Agreed. quarter by keeping him on the bench. But other than yeah. that, man, I gotta give Carlisle props. Miles, I've never seen Miles play with the passion that he played with. And you were talking about him bodying up on Joker and going up and fighting for rebounds. I, I, I'm, I'm not seen I've it. seen I've not seen that from Miles here. Never, not, not that defensive never. low post presence and blocking shots, never. yes, but the physicality of it, I haven't seen that. Never. And immediately it went through my head, and Miles was having fun. And I was going, you know, if, I, if this continues, Miles going to go to his agent and say, hey, dude, I want to sign. I want to be a part of this. Because what we saw last night, was like a golden state when they have everything going. It was the first time I've ever seen a Pacers team that connected. So I agree with Tony, you. Just wanted to share that, Jamesy. Great to hear from you again, man. You don't be a stranger, okay? Well, all right, man. Take care. You got uh, yeah. Don't be a stranger. Hey, by the way, when he mentioned Miles wanting to stay or the Pacers wanting to keep Miles, I think I just got a sports arousal out of that. Can you guys see it? <laughs> You got a pup tent working here because of that. <laughs> you can't do that to me. Uh, you can't do that to me when I'm on the road. Quick break and we'll come back. On the road at Joe's Grill. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, Mike Chapel after five, you and me at 239, 1070, and so much more on this busy Thursday next. The Ride with JMV. In your general direction, your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberry. Ninety-three-five and one zero seven-five. The fan. Everybody, this is Joe's Grill. We're in Castleton. All my friends are surrounding us right now. On a large city bourbon locks, Luna's old tequila shots. Thursday. Uh, tomorrow, I mentioned too, we're going to be over on Westside Pub, Morris Street. Uh, Bud Light Blue Friday Eagles Colts tickets to give away. Chris Denary a little bit earlier. Pacers lose by three to the Nuggets last night. Great game. I find it really hard to feel satisfied even when the team loses. And I know it probably would serve in the best interest of where they're going to draft. But I like watching these young guys play well and then closing a game in which, for the most part, they played well. That's just me, I guess. We also did our Week 10 Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Will Tequila Shots. More to come, but on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now, Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59, he does join us. I want to get to your conversations this week. You had the scoops with both Jim Ursay, Round 2, and Frank Reich, Round 1, uh, with a lot of good quotes that we seemed interested in certainly earlier this week. But to me, Mike, I want to start here. Sunday, and people will say, and I'd love this to be storybook. The problem I have is the offense looks in such disarray and disaster right now. I think regardless of Jeff Saturday or Parks Frazier or Tom Moore or Tony Dungy or whomever, that it's going to look pretty much the same on Sunday. That's what I'm buying. How about you? I hope you're wrong. I don't think you are. (laughs) 
Yeah, that, that's the problem. I mean, the, all the things that they've addressed doesn't address what's wrong with the team. And that is the offensive line's broken and the, and the offense is broken. Uh, now, the only, the only possible jolt they can get is if Jonathan Taylor comes back and they can get, kind of get back to where they want to be. But the problem is with that, he, he, his, his success is totally dependent on the offensive line. So I, I don't know. I, I, I am, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not optimistic. I'm curious. And there's a huge difference between those two things. Yeah. And I always, when, when, I, I've talked to, on a couple places, I've talked to a Vegas radio show and all this, but what I always start off with is I'm not being the least bit critical of, I, I, I wasn't of Sam Ellinger and the spot he was in, or I, and I'm not going to be of, of Jeff Saturday or Parks Frazier. Not a bit. I think they've been sort of thrown into the, the deep end of the pool with an anchor on them and, and been told to go swim. Uh, I, I just think that there are positional and personnel limitations now that's going to make it very difficult for either guy to do – either guy, I mean, Ellinger, to do what needs to be done. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I just I, – and, until they can score, I don't know, more than 14 points, yeah. you know, you know I, 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 it's just hard to be competitive when you're just wearing your defense out. You're just flat wearing it out. And the offense has got to pick it up, and I just don't know how they do it. Mike Chappell's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Do you firmly believe that Jeff Saturday is good with Sam Ellinger? Because to me, if you really truly wanted to give your team the best shot at being better offensively in this game Sunday, it would be with Nick Foles. And a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I think if you really were, were trying to, to get something done, and if I'm Jeff Saturday and my first game coach, I'd never coached one before, I would rather have that veteran out there and Nick Foles. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, again, I, I, I don't th- – this is not minute – the criticism of Sam because I just he's he's in a, a a bad situation to produce. I mean, I felt sorry for the guy out there on Sunday when he was sacked nine times, really ten because one sack was was wiped away. So yeah, I yes I would. And and what I want to see is is I, I saw you know Matt Ryan returns to practice today and full participant. You know, which yeah. when, when you're the third quarterback, I don't know what that means. Because you don't do a whole lot anyway. But at what point would they go back to him? You know, part of me thinks they won't unless there's injuries to the other two guys just because of the way this has been handled. But I think that'll be a main topic of conversation tomorrow when we talk to Jeff is, is what, where are you with your quarterbacks? How are you going to, you know, does the change at the top meaning of the coaching thing alter your how you handle quarterbacks when this was all changed in the first place outside of the coaching staff so i i'm curious but i, I agree with you. if you want to give them the best chance to win you go with nick Foles. you just do uh, and then when ryan's healthy you go back to him but it seems to me that's that they that they've moved on from that not, not from Foles, but from but from matt ryan which i think is unfortunate but I, I want to see where this goes moving forward, and, and I'd like to get Jeff's 
one thing I think that he's not going to do, I don't think, is just flat lie to us. I, I don't think he will. And until he does, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, he was pressed on when did they start talking to you about head coaching, and he flat said, you know, Sunday night, midnight, 1 o'clock, whatever it was. And I believe him. I, I just do. I, I've known Jeff. I, I, I've been here. I was here when he was here in the 2000s, and he, he he's a great guy, a great motivator, a great leader. And to my knowledge, he's not just looked at me and lied to me. And that's that's – in this business, that's difficult to say because guys, for a lot of reasons, tell you things that that aren't true. So, but yeah, I it's it's I want to see how he handles quarterbacks and if you're truly trying to to, to do what's best for the team, then at some point, unless things change, maybe they go out there and Taylor can run and the line blocks and this offense is at least you know efficient. You stick with it, but if not, then you have to do something else because doing the same thing makes no sense. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So it, will Matt Ryan be healthy? I mean, he practiced today, right? So assuming he's healthy now? I'm thinking he'll still be three. Uh, the fact he practiced but today. Will, will, all three, will all three be active, you think, on no, Sunday? No, 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 no. I, I would think it would just be two. I, I can't think of the last time they had three quarterbacks active. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's happened, but no, you you just can't because they're they're banged up other places and all that. I, I wouldn't think so. But let's say they go in with Ellinger and Foles this week, and they don't do very well, and then you finally get your quarterback, your your veteran guy back, and he's and he's you know really ready to go. Then what do you do? So no, I I just don't think. One practice today, and and again, you just you have to understand. Like when it says full and limited, it's sort of different when you're talking about a starter and a, and, and a third yeah. quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what full participation of a number three quarterback means because how much they do in practice, I don't know. I, I I know that Tony Dungy brought this up. This is something we've all talked about, even before Dungy talked about it a couple of days ago on Dan Patrick's show, is that there are financials surrounding some of the questions as to why the Colts and Jim Irsay would not want to bring Matt Ryan back. I happen to believe that's the reason. Jim Irsay bristled at that. He may That may have been that conversation with you where he talked about it. Maybe it was not maybe it was after the fact. But you, you think that's the chief reason as to why we probably won't see Matt Ryan again is the financial stake that the Colts have in it? If I understand the contract right, it's he, he's getting twelve million next year, whatever, wherever he's at, yeah. he'll be in ten million right. and he gets right. twelve million dollars. But the difference is there's a there's a ten million dollar roster bonus due like March seventeenth, and then there's a seven million dollar additional seven million dollars that's due March seventeenth if he's on the roster. And or yeah, if he's on the roster. And the issue is if he if he suffers an injury to where he can't pass a physical right then then the money then the money's guaranteed so that that's the thing uh i don't know that that was the reason that bob kravitz and i got to call it wasn't what tony what tony dungy said that was the reason well yeah in what tony said tony didn't mention the 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 17 million he just said you know they're not playing because of money uh you know i 
I guess you you know you can believe what you want to believe, and, and you you know that, that's where you are. Uh, and Jimmy didn't. That's not that he called the, the dispute. That now part of it is he mentioned that well, it's not tied. You know, it's not tied to play time and all this. Well, no, it's tied to him being healthy at the end of the season. That that's what it is. So I, I, I we'll, we'll see. And and what we're going to see is if, if this thing continues to go the way it's going to where they're not being efficient on offense, they're not scoring points, they're losing, and maybe they try foals and the same thing happens, and you've got a healthy Matt Ryan sitting there, and you can talk all you want about not tanking and not looking at the draft next year, and if, and if things don't change and you don't go back to Matt Ryan and he's healthy, then what do you expect? What do you want people to think? So, you know, I, I, I kind of wonder if he's going to play again this year. And if that's the reason, fine. I, I, I just thought that they made it very clear when when Frank made the move. Uh, what's it been? It seems like a year ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, that that Ellinger was going to be the guy. Remember, he said, "For right now, Sam's our starter for the rest of the season." Well, at least he gave you the the caveat of right now for right now, which means things change. But I sort of got the impression that they had decided to move on. I mean, and if money was the issue, okay, I, I maybe, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I just think they've decided to move on. Uh, and we'll see, because when he called and talked to Bob and I, it was primarily the, the stick, the, the, what really pushed his button, I think, was the way Tony mentioned that on Dan Patrick. And I thought, you know, he, that sort of got him going. But when we were talking to him, he said, you know, we're going to need all three of these guys, you know, to get to where we want to go. And, you know, and, he, and he's doing like what the owner and a coach and the players believe. He said, we're still in this. You know, I think he thinks 9-7-1 gets them in the playoffs and until they're out of it, they're in it. Uh, but he said more than once that, that, that all three quarterbacks, they think all quarterbacks are going to have to play to help them get where they want to go. And all, all you can do is say, okay, and then you see where it goes. And if December comes and, this has really been a dumpster fire and Matt Ryan never got off the bench again. All you can do is look at him and say, you know, what was that about? Uh, and, and, you know, there's eight games to go. And if they keep treating their quarterback, like they did in New England, I mean, Eleanor got beat up. I mean, that, that was, that was, yeah, he did. that that was Jacoby Brissett. Like, uh, you know, and, and, and then listen, until they get that fixed, I don't know. People are bitching and moaning about Frank and his play calling. How do you call plays when you're having this kind of inefficiency with your offensive line? And, and, and it, you know, I'm sure people are getting tired of hearing about me or everybody blaming us on the offensive line. But where else do you put it? Where else do you put it? So Mike Chappell of CBS Four and Five Fifty Nine on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. How was uh, how was the demeanor? Of Jim Irsay on the phone with you the other night, was he angry? Oh, oh he he was stern. He wasn't he wasn't spitting fire. Yeah, uh, but 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 he really took umbrage to the, the to the to what Tony said, and and then he got really the only time he really got really animated, I guess, is when and I, I don't know where, how we got to it about tanking. He dropped a couple expletives that he doesn't normally do. Uh, how do you think, you know, who thinks we're going to be tanking games and all this? And 
you know, and, and that, that's a word that when you mentioned it around, you know, that, that's when Chris Ballard got pretty heated uh, on, on Monday night about firing in the towel and all that kind of stuff. This is these guys' lives. It, it, it is. And go and ask DeForest Buckner or Stephon Gilmore or Ryan Kelly or Quentin Nelson about tanking. I mean, really? You think you think Quentin Nelson or Buck is concerned about 2023? Are you are you serious? So it's you know that that that's what really gets guys ire up. And, and when the fan base and I, I've talked to a lot of guys and they're more than willing as a fan base to really go through a bad two months. And to, to to be a top five draft pick next year, that's easy to say. But boy, that I've been around one in fifteen, and I'm telling you, it's awful. It's it's oh, bad. yeah, it is. Yeah, and and you know they, they got lucky twice with, in '97 and in 2011. And there's Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck waiting for you. If you're top five, you're get you're going to get. Let's just say they're top five. Let's let's say they're fifth in in the draft order. You're going to probably get the third best quarterback. You because are the guys ahead yeah. of you are going to take quarterbacks, and there's no so, guarantee you know, you're going to get one of the top three quarterbacks, depending no, I, upon I, I, who's up there. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. and, and if people in front of you don't need a quarterback, people are going to jump up that want a quarterback. So, it's as we've talked before. This league does not award reward eight, eight, nine, and one, or eight. eight what, what's what's the new step? Then the seventh thing, eight and nine. It just doesn't reward it. It, it rewards. Two and fifteen, you know, and so be careful what you wish for as far as you know losing out or winning two more times and, and increasing your your draft status because unless you got the first pick, second pick, you have no idea what you're getting or what's going to be there. Mike Chapel's with us. Did Frank Reich tell you why his firing was done over the phone? Yeah, boy, I need to go back and listen to. Yeah, it was one. I'm, I'm, I think he said Jim Irsay was out of town, and, and and it wasn't, and he couldn't. I, I'm almost positive that's what it was, and I, I've had so much else going on that I, I didn't go back and transcribe it. I'm pretty sure he told me he was out of town, and that they agreed that in the next couple of weeks they'd get together and sort of. After two weeks, I'm not sure what you why you get together. Yeah. But uh, that was it, and it's a bad look. It is. Uh, if you're out of town, you're out of town. So I uh, and people who are upset about that have have every right to be upset about it. And I I was fortunate that Frank called me back. We've got a real good relationship. It goes back to the first time he was here, and had a lot of good things to say. And I tell you, unless he was just hiding it, there wasn't a lot of anger or bitterness. It was more. He, he was just disappointed that he didn't get a chance to finish this year. That, that's what hurt him the most is it, to be fired in the middle of a season, and, and you can't finish what you started. All right. The belief in Jeff Saturday by Jim Irsay, is that strictly because he's, you know, one of those inner circle type of guys? And I know they would all talk about Monday night about how, you know, he'd been on the, the payroll as a consultant and you know, they wanted to hire him as a, an offensive line coach in the past. And you had mentioned Chris Ballard, you know, being snippy, if you will. I call it pissy about the belief that this team is tanking. But I, I, I thought, Mike, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I thought it was more about his lack of belief in that decision that was being made more than it was being pissy 
about people believing this team is done or tanking. Oh, you mean Chris being in, in supporting yeah. this move? Yeah, yeah. I just I thought, mean, it, I mean, it, it it didn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good look. And I, I guess, how would I know? Uh, I'm just guessing here, but well, I mean, I that's that was my thought. Chris had to be there. He had to be there when I moved this massive. He needed yes. to be there, and the problem is he didn't really get a chance to talk a whole lot. And the one thing that I probably the one thing that I took away from what he said is we had a very spirited conversation about this. Well, you don't have a spirited conversation if you're in agreement. You don't. What you you guys say? Yeah, it's a good uh, good idea. Yeah, great idea. Let's slap hands. It's it, it had it just it just tells you that he he didn't think this was the right thing to do. Now whether that included firing Frank, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe Chris came to the, the point that this isn't going to get better because remember the, the words that Jimmy used was, you know, it, we saw this collapsing and yeah. it's getting worse, not better. It's getting worse, not better. And, 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 and it has been collapsing is a strong word. Uh, Cause that, I mean, there's a lot of bad connotations on collapsing, but I, I did get the impression that, that at least, the Jeff Saturday fire or hiring wasn't wasn't uh, he had to be talked into it. I guess if that's the way I can put it. I thought what they might do. It got to the point that it wasn't if Frank would be fired, but when. I, I think as much as I hate to see anybody fired, I think that's where we were. But I thought they would keep it in house. You know, who, John Fox, Gus Bradley, uh, Bubba. And then if if you're really that high on Jeff, which he is, he is, Jim Mersey is, yeah. bring him in as a as an offensive consultant. Bring him in as your line coach. As your line coach. I don't know. Uh, but this is just unconventional. I don't mean, who put it out there. But this is the first time since like 1961 a guy's been named a hit an interim coach with no college or pro experience. There's probably a reason that that's not been done <laughs> since 1961, but yeah. It, hey, start a new trend. Uh, this could start a new trend if there's success, because we all yeah, know one, that one, in the NFL, everybody's going to copy off one another. So maybe yeah, but this one, is a trend once in, 70, so once in 70 years, this is a trend. <laughs> it's like, are you, you know. So. Well, I mean, how many times has it been tried? None. I mean, if I'm not so, mistaken. Norm How do you know unless like you do it, I guess, right? How do you know unless you do it? <laughs> How do you know if you jump off a building, you won't kill yourself at the end? Go ahead. You know, leave, leave me your wallet and your neck to kiss. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I agree with you, but uh, there is there is some fact-based wording, I guess, the way that I'm putting it to you right now as far as that's concerned. Mike Chappell's with us. But my, my thought is that Jeff Saturday is going to have a gig within this organization, regardless of what goes on. I don't, maybe not head coach, but somewhere you don't, you disagree. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, you know, oh, okay. it, it, yeah. And one thing, and I'm probably, I don't know if there's how much disagreement there is, but there was a lot of talk more nationally than locally about, you know, the Rooney rule and they didn't do that. That doesn't apply regular season. Can, can you imagine and I think the Rooney Rule has a place it does. It, it, it's helped. It's not done what the league ha- had intended totally. But can you imagine if you've got to adhere to the Rooney Rule, you fire a coach on Monday, and you've got to interview two, three, four people, you know, 
Monday, Tuesday, you can't you can't operate that way. So in this instance, it just doesn't apply. And for anybody to to criticize the Colts on minority hiring, they, they haven't been paying attention. I mean, I, I can Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell, Alan Williams. I mean, you know the Reggies and Cato Junes, and, and and those names just popped in my head. These guys have been in the forefront. It's now, you know, in January they've got to do all that, which is what that—that's when you have time to do it. You cannot possibly interview three or four people and and still run your organization on a week-to-week basis. So that—that—that's only really bothered me is it—it—it it, it simply didn't apply to this, yeah. and 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 they will do it the right way when it's the right time. All right, Mike, I have a promo running that's saying this. And Jim Mercer, as you well know, has been incredibly outspoken and out front of everything here recently on a variety of levels. And we know how much he embraces that golden era with what he's doing and his belief in Jeff Saturday, from the wisdom of Bill Polian to Tony Dungy to Peyton Manning to Reggie Wayne. Hey, listen, I'm right there with him. We all do. It was a spectacular era. But if you really, truly want to see results and you really want to recapture, Mike, that golden era, if you're Jim Ursay. You're going there, aren't you? Once, you're going there, aren't yes, you? Yes. Once, once you come to the conclusion of who's going to run your football team, step away. Let them run it. Yeah. That, that's yeah. getting back to the golden era. That was one of the, the well, spokes. I thought you were going to say bring in Peyton Manning. <laughs> well, I would if uh, he just I, – I, I, yeah. I mean, he's been in, what, ownership meetings with the Broncos. I don't yeah. – they, yeah. they don't have here available what he wants to be a part of. And he, they still fired him, too, and I'm sorry. That probably weighs right. heavily. But, no, I, wa- I want Jim Irsay yeah to do what he did back in that era and let football people handle football situations. I, I, back in the, I can't remember, it, it was in the 1990s or when, when he finally took control. Yeah. When his dad passed or in the 2000s. And he told me, he said, successful owners put the right people in place and let them do their jobs. That's what yes. you do. And you trust them. If you didn't trust them, what are they there for? And he, he said, unless, he said, unless that the, they're, they're going to make a move that, that damages my family or damages my franchise, you got to trust them. And by and large, he let Pullian do what he did. There were, there were a few times I know that he said, no, we're not doing that. And, but not very, not very many. And the problem now is the last three major moves that have been done have sort of been unilateral. And now they, they talked about it or well, it's hard to know how you put talked about it. it there was discussion between coach and GM and, and owner, but it's re- very obvious that the owner had the one vote that mattered. Frank even mentioned that in, in when they benched Matt Ryan. He said, yeah, we talked about it, and he said, but sort of like, you know, the, the, sort of like one vote carries more weight than the others, which we know that's the way it is. So that's, yeah, I hope that's not a good road to go down. The owner, I tell you, the, the boss of a company can do whatever he wants to do. It's his company. But no you've got you've got to trust the people you put in place, and if not, you know, then then what's Chris Ballard doing? Let, let Chris do his job. If you don't trust him, then you get rid of him and you find somebody else. 
but then you find somebody else and they come in knowing that that the owner you know the last guy left because he didn't like an owner being too hands-on so it, it's really a delicate balance I, I think the owner needs to have input he, he just does Jim, Jim Irsay knows football he, he just does he's been around forever and he's 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 learned it from the from the grassroots up, but you know he let Bill Polian, with input, make a lot of the big moves and big draft picks and all that stuff, and and it worked. It worked until it didn't work for a lot of you know, and it didn't work because Peyton had a neck that wouldn't let him right. play. Well, and because and because Bill wanted to get his son in there running things, and I don't think anybody well, wanted that, that either. That so too. yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, the, the bottom line is hire the right people, let them do their jobs. And enjoy being an owner, you know. Right. Have input and meet twice a week and all that. Yes. Stuff. Hey, and be outspoken. Listen. Hey, Mike, be a leader among owners in the NFL. Be a leader. Be right. an outspoken leader if you want, which I think he likes. I, I thought, Mike. Yes, I thought does. Monday. I thought was Monday was a lot performance oriented too. Um, from him, I mean, it kind of looked like it reminded me of like an Living Color skit where you know he was performing, and you know Jeff Saturday was the straight man, and then you know Ballard was kind of the foil in that right there. I I think maybe he's got a little, maybe I'm wrong about this, a little performance ego going with all the the headlines and conversations and lead singing and all that stuff that's been going on the past two or so months. It's kind of what it seemed Monday. Yeah, I, I think his frustrations are coming up and. and there were high expectations. I mean, we all kind of pumped the team up because we saw what could be, and yeah. now it's kind of where they are. You know, I think there's frustrations. I felt bad about about the Monday press conference because that was should that should have been Jeff Saturday's day. He was yeah. great on Wednesday. Great. That should have been Saturday. That whenever you got a guy's name who's a day, it screws yeah. you up. Monday should have been about Jeff Saturday, and it wasn't. Uh, and hopefully moving forward, hopefully moving forward, they'll let the people in place do what they do. Uh, you know, the one thing that Kevin Bowen asked him was about Chris's future. And he basically said, of course, he's going to be back. I'm not even, it's not, not even on my, on my, in my consciousness, he said. But <laughs> things change. Things change. Yeah. So, uh, hey, you know. I think it may have changed for Chris Ballard. A little bit, right? With this decision that he maybe, I don't think maybe was at all on board. I mean, you never know. Yeah, I guess you don't. It, 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 it's tough. It's tough dynamics, and you know, it, it, he yeah. knows this is still Jim's team, but he also believes, and he should, that that he knows what the hell he's doing. He can do a good job. Yeah, they've made mistakes. I mean, every GM makes mistakes. It's just when when it goes like this, it looks harsher on you. But I don't think there's even a question that he still has a hundred percent belief in what he does but when you're overruled on a couple of major things it makes you it first it probably pisses you off i mean it has to but then it you just wonder you know what's going on here and i hope it doesn't get to that point and again you put people in place that that's what you do that's bobber or bobber say put bill tobin in place and he did some pretty good things until and then until it didn't work. So you put the right people in place and let them do their jobs until you don't think they're doing their job. What do you think about Jonathan Taylor's participation Sunday for Jeff Saturday? Thumbs up or thumbs down? I think thumbs up. I I, I was in the Park Frazier press conference, so I missed JT. Uh, I tell you, one, one thing Park Frazier said is, you know, when, when you get to this in this situation, you sort of simplify instead of doing 
20 things really good. You really, you really got to do a fewer things really good. Boy, it just feels like they're going to try to simplify and, and run the damn football. Uh, but to do that, you've got to have a line that can give your running back a little bit of room. If, if they could run the ball decent, you know, shorten the game, play, you know, the, the, the North Carolina four corner and be effective and all that, then I give them a pretty good – not a pretty good chance. I give them a chance on Sunday. If they can't run, I just don't know how any quarterback works in this offense. All right, the storybook, right, is just Saturday going in there, winning his first after being on the job less than a week, and then Josh McDaniels getting canned after losing to a team in that situation. I I never want to see anybody get fired, but I do enjoy no, I'm not, seeing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I, celebrating I it. I'm just saying that. I do that, enjoy yeah. seeing those guys struggle out there because I've never been a Josh McDaniels fan. But that that's you know that's just me. Yeah, two two and eight, and then losing to Jeff Saturday, just coming on board less than a week prior, is not going to look sterling on somebody's resume, probably. <laughs> so I doubt too much. Hey, great you week, betting, man. The, the over unders is forty two. Oh, I know. You put your mortgage on the under. Yeah, why? I, I, I mean, the Colts. If the Colts go fourteen, they'll have a parade downtown Monday morning. <laughs> It'll be it'll be cold for it. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I the better the betting people know what they're doing, but they must not be watching Colts videos because I don't know how anybody I don't know how these two teams get to forty two. People think I'm a crank because I'm they believe I'm anti Sam Ellinger. I'm not anti Sam Ellinger. I just don't think he's going to give them the best chance to win right I, now. I, I'm on board under present with you. circumstances. With you. So, and and I don't think that he's the future quarterback. And I don't think he's the president. If they want to win a quarterback, if they want to go out and give themselves the best opportunity to position themselves for their future quarterback, that's where he's the best choice. I don't disagree. So, all right, Mike, I appreciate it. Great week for you. That's a well-done thing with Reich and with Ursay. You got the sequel, too. Not a lot of people had the sequel. Just you and Kravitz yeah. had the sequel. When, when well done. At night, when you're sitting there at night and you're done and you're having a nice chicken sandwich, and yeah. the phone rings, you're thinking, you cuss, and then you pick it up and you talk. So. Yeah, I was a little, I'm a little pissed I didn't get a call. I don't know where the hell I was there. So. He asked where you were. I said uh, you were unavailable. Yeah, I was, I'm, I was like Chris Ballard of that Monday Night Presser. I was a little pissy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Next week. Mike Chappell, CBS 4 and Fox 59. A big week for him. Joe's Grill, Castleton. Quick break. We'll come back. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Hey, you going to stare all day or are you going to buy something? Uh, I'm going to stare all day. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, the best of the 90s. Where does Beavis and Budhead rank as the best of the 90s? Kyle, did you watch Beavis and Budhead? Or just the reboot? No, I never watched it, but I had a lot of friends that really liked it. I just never could really get into it. What could you get into? Why did I love it so much? Two slackers, two knuckleheads, walking around giggling and saying stupid childish stuff. That didn't surprise you that I dig that, right? Not at all, no. Just kind of walking around, 
dancing a little. That was the best part when they danced. Hey, my man Tanner is here. Tanner, really quick. All right, be cool. Tanner and friend Cody's here. Tanner, before before I cut loose here at the top of the hour, give me a quick shout of give me give me your opinion about Jeff Saturday as a Colts fan. I like the direction that they're going in. You do. Um, you approve? I think it's a little PR. A little bit. A little bit PR, according to Tanner. By the way, yeah. Tanner, YouTube Live right there inside the lounge. They see you right there. Everybody wave yeah, at Tanner a little bit. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I'm Shout the one out to my dad. The beard right here. Shout out to your dad. Who's your dad? My dad, Dennis Sutherland. Dennis Sutherland in the house. Cody's your friend over Billy there. Billy Weiner. Like Shout that. out to Mike Weiner as well. His Mike dad, Weiner. So. so, you like the direction. You like Jeff Saturday. You like taking the chance. It's, it's, it's a change. There's too many changes this year. But, uh, you know, the way... The way that they're changing it up and all that, I, I, I agree with what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's a change, and they're trying to figure it out. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully it'll You're rocking the Ball State Cardinals shirt. You're a Cardinals guy? Yeah, I'm a Ball State alum. Carson Steele, shout out right there. Carson Steele. Oh, Carson Steele from oh, Center Next Grove. level. Next level. The dude right there. Hey, Tanner, thanks for listening, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming out. Cody, Appreciate thank that. you for coming out right there. That's Tanner listening to the show. Now he's going to join us on the other side. we got Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. We'll close this up tomorrow. Eagles-Colts tickets. We're going to be live. Westside Pub, Bud Light Blue Friday. I would love to see you there. Make sure you are. Westside off of Morris. It's a Bud Light Blue Friday tomorrow at the Westside Pub. Your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Natalie returns, and we'll close up this Thursday edition here coming up next on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself. <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, shout out to Chad Bach. Today's winner of the Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. 50 in betting and 50 in dining. Into the pocket of Chad Bach. Courtesy of Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino and Anderson. Royale Rose. The win. 420. The place. $3. Show to 210. Whistler. Placed at 340, showed at 210. I won't do that again. I've heard that all the time. Showed at 210. $2 exact to pay out, 960. The 50 cent trifecta payout, 380. There it is, your Thursday edition of the Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Congratulations on that. It is a job well done. Hey, by the way, College Hoop tonight, I mentioned Bethune-Cookman and IU. I think that's a Big Ten Network game tonight at 8.30 if you want to check it out. It'll be on here if you want to come down to uh, Joe's Grill here and uh, hang out in Castleton. Radford and Notre Dame also on the schedule tonight, hoops-wise, collegially speaking, at 8 o'clock. My man Nally's lurking here. Nally. What's going on? You got a uh, little music here tonight? Yeah. No, not tonight. No, not tonight. Not tomorrow tonight. night. Not tonight. Kelly normally plays here on Thursdays. That's well, what I he's, thought. He's down south hanging out with the uh, the uh, Grateful Dead cover. Oh, they're all down there tonight? Yeah. That's they all. Dark Star. Is that what Dark that's called? Dark Star. That's what, what the hell is Dark Star? You have to be it's really. A, it's a big Grateful Dead cover. Deeply man. embedded in the dead. Oh, man. To enjoy that. Oh, man. I mean, it's they're they're fun. Yeah, I know that. I mean, it's 
But they, they, they follow in droves. When I say oh, droves, People yeah. go around and follow Darkstar around like they do the Grateful oh, Dead and oh. Fish and all that stuff? Locally, yes. No idea. Yeah. By the way, the Brown County Music Center is awesome. If you've not been, I would advise you to check it, it out. It is really cool. Actually, E.T. with High Rider was here earlier before you went on and... He yep. was like, hey, Nally, what's going it's on? Legit, I go, dude. how yeah. you doing, E.T.? He goes, remember E.T., right? I go, yes, uh, during Fish Weekend. Do you remember me? It is, it is <laughs> legit. I saw Gordon Lightfoot, which is interesting because I believe, is it 47 years with the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? Was it 47 years 46. ago? 46. 46, I believe. Because You're wrong, though. I, I mean, saw, look that up, Kyle. I saw Gordon Lightfoot. Back in early May at the Brown County Music Center. And uh, part Would, of that collection of songs. Do you play any of that on the Saturday night? I will. The, I'll play Gordon Do you Lightfoot. play any of that on the Saturday night? Oh, heck yes. Uh, yeah. 47, 1975. 47. Hey, Tommy S. Is Tommy there, S. from Coach's Tavern. Is there anybody that's got a more impressive brain than me, Tommy S., right here? Just yanking, yanking that wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald right out of there. Oh, that's, don't get me started. I'll sing the entire thing if you're not careful. If you can read my mind, I love that look, sundown. You, awesome. You'd look, you look at Tommy. You would not expect Tommy S. just to roll up a... Oh, go. Tommy S. That's Tommy S. right there. But no, I saw Gordon Lightfoot at the Brown County Music Center. Really? And people are going to laugh, but I'm going to go see Mickey Thomas and Starship in December there. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to hear him say, you built this city. <laughs> yeah. That is impressive. Impressive. I've never seen Starship. People are going to go, they're going to sing Sarah, and uh, nothing's going to stop us now from Mannequin. Oh, oh. Man. They're going to play all the 80s hits for Mannequin? That was Mannequin. A, it was such a bad, fun movie. Oh, man. Mannequin. All right, what else you got? What was that, 86? That would be 1987. Really? Andrew I McCarthy. threw that off the top, the 86. But... Andrew McCarthy. Really? Yes. Mannequin. Where man. he was, yeah. Kind of a precursor to a lot we, of stuff we were, today. We were joking about uh, you... Uh, bringing up Roadhouse earlier. Yeah. Fun. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. Always good. Because hey, he was throwing good parties. No, Brad Wesley had great parties <laughs> yeah. because all the chicks got naked when they went to the all pool. All right. I got, a, I got a trivia yeah. for you. Yeah. What song was he singing in his Mustang? And um, what artist? If you can name oh, both of them, man. I will buy you to go food. Really? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Frank Sinatra was the artist. Yeah. What, uh, what song? I, I, I can sing it. What was it? We got to go. That sucks. Are you sure? I can't. Well, what? what well, I mean, was you're it? the one that brought up Roadhouse. No, no, no. I know. Um, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Man, see, I was going. I was going for what cover the waitress sang in it. Knock on wood by Amy Stewart. She covered that. Oh, Knock she did. Yeah, I did. She so. did. Hey, brother. I'm sure Miller would. Miller's over there. Miller just got house. <laughs> Quickly. Yeah. Tomorrow night and Saturday night. Uh, tomorrow night, just normal business. We're good to go. We got the Jay Baker Band over at the Free Spirit mm-hmm. on Saturday night, which is a huge band that's going to just rock the house off of that place. Gotcha. And, and uh, the chili charity chili cook-off awesome. here, December 18th. You Can't got to see you. Thank you, brother. Right off. Ryan Nally right there. Thank you, Cam, the on-site engineer. Paul, for being here as well. Kyle back at the studio. Westside Pub, that's coming up tomorrow. Bud Light Blue Friday, Eagles Colts tickets. Don't miss it beginning at 3. Thank you, Lounge. Appreciate it. We're back with you tomorrow.